Well, hello. Hello, buddy. Hey. Nice to hear your voice again. It's good to hear your voice. Look at these wood paneled combo things we got going on. Uh, yeah, I've got kind of the light wood. You've got like the a dark kind of mahogany thing going on. I'm very mahogany these days. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Welcome to my new studio space. It is Dude, a mess, good. but I love it. Well, you've got slanted walls. I think that there's something about that for productivity. Slants. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's all downhill from here. Exactly. Yeah. Attic vibes. Nice, man. Well, heck yeah. Cool shirt. I was oh, having trouble choosing a shirt for today, and so I just went with uh, an old standard. And Classic. Uh, I've seen you in your 930 Club shirt before. <clears throat> yep. Now 930 is like forever after I wake up. Right, yeah. I was finishing my 15-mile bike ride around 9.30 today. Yeah, so you were t when we were talking about a time for today, you're like, well, my day starts at 5. Four. My, how did you phrase it? Your I existence said, starts. <laughs> I said the day does start around 5.45 a.m. You're like, right. I don't know if I'll have enough time to get stuff done today before 3 p.m. I was like, well, there's, you know, several hours. Well, Many There's certain yeah. insects that have, like, several life cycles in that amount of time. If you get up at 5.30 a.m., you can definitely get a lot done before 3. But yes. that is a... Uh, a different existence than the one I, I live. I've been I've been pretty lazy these days. Six fifteen, six twenty at the yeah. Wow, early. let's check you out. So you're uh, you're just living that a uh, simple farm life now, and that you have to get up in the morning to tend to the to the crops. Is that uh, <laughs> is that it? I really don't know how it works. No. Uh, yes. If the crops mean uh, my fiance and tend mean make coffee, then yes, that okay. is what that is what I'm referring to. So you're taking care of her, so she can go and do the farm. And then then I do whatever. Normally I've been trying to get yoga in before she leaves, and then. Uh, I have a push mower, like okay. a non-powered, so I do my whole yard with that. It takes usually around two different mornings, um, about once a week or so. It's probably going to be a little less once I get it under control okay. and it stops raining as much, but yeah. that's been a good workout and kind of gets me moving, makes me like doing stuff, kind of gets the yeah, gets things swinging. Yeah, good for you, man. Hey, an early start. I've been trying to get up at 10 a.m. as opposed to 11. So that's, that's great. Um, that gives you an hour before Price is Right. That's plenty of time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why I do it. Well, cool. I'm really excited about uh, Karina today. I was listening to yeah. a podcast on uh, with her and then some of her other ones that she's been doing, and I'm excited to uh, to talk with her. So yeah, me we... too. Yeah, yeah. W were you listening to the uh, – I was checking out the uh, the 3 from 7 podcast. Yes, yes. That one was new to me. So, yeah, I'm interested to, to talk to her about that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to not ask the, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I literally wrote, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I'm like, that's, that's a dumb question. <laughs> so we can do a – what are three of your biggest stories from the last seven years, and what will be three of your next biggest stories over the next seven years? So we kind of tie that in. I like that. I think that's a clever flip. You gotta, you gotta, you know what? It's like people and listeners, they don't want to hear the same questions. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you know, everyone's got to, it's not, you know, how'd you start playing your instrument? It's like. Right. And there's, there's some level of like going over certain things that people haven't heard, like right. getting those basics in there. But um, if I anyone's listening. Yeah, and wants wants to check out Andy Frasco's podcast with her. That gets oh, yeah. into a lot of that stuff if we don't get into it. But that's a good point. So you can cry. It's like you know, we uh, if you want to find out about somebody, you can find out about their history. You can look into it and check it out. But I think right. for now, I mean, we're existing in a very interesting time. Yeah. So for me, it's more interesting to talk about what musicians are doing now. And I, I think um, you know, we there's so many people out there we can reach out to. But I think there's certain people we're gonna definitely bring back. You know, once or twice. Yeah. And she's definitely gonna be someone we check in with regularly. I hope. Yeah, she's a very interesting person and has a lot of projects always moving. I think she's so, only 26. Wow. Well, that that can be our first question. Yes. 26. I was going to ask, well, because I couldn't find certain information because, you know, like Marco Benevento has a Wikipedia page, but she doesn't. So I was wondering right. when she graduated college, right. but we can we can find that out together. 
Let's find out together. On All right, I'm going to send her this email and Thanks. see if she's been frantically refreshing for the last 10 minutes because I said three. Hopefully not. Hopefully she understands how I operate. <laughs> she doesn't. But you I, was, I was hoping that you were just going to throw me under the bus and be like, yeah, no, Ben can't do Tuesday. How's Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I miss you. I miss you too, buddy. I'm glad that we're getting the rolling again. And to everybody who's been asking questions, it was a little bit of a, a, a brief pause. We had a lot going on. You were moving. Yep. I've had a lot of recording projects, but Back to Basics is back to yep. basics. And we'll we're talk more about our, our projects after as well. Absolutely. We want to get into that, find out how yeah. your drive-ins went. And, yeah, uh, likewise, man. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. But um, yeah, we got some exciting new guests on the way, and so we're going to keep churning out the episode. So, you know, stay involved, recommend the podcast to your friends, and um, I love my Basset Hound. You love your Basset Hound. It says right here on the mug. Oh, that's true. Well, can't argue with that. Honestly, if, if you want something ensconced for all eternity, you put it on a mug and like, yeah. I feel like people will find it in the shards of glass, like in Pompeii. And oh well, this this society really loved basset hounds. So you know, make your mark now. Get it on a mug. I mean, they say that the internet is written in ink, not pencil. But um, maybe one day the internet will just be erased. Hopefully, social media will be, and then everything will just be coffee mugs. Yeah. Oh. What's what? up, Karina? How's it going, guys? Excellent. Good to see you. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to the virtual space known as Back to Basics. I love it. It's fantastic. It looks great. It's great to be here. This is great. I, I like we're mixing it up. I, you have a very nice light blue and white background. It, it mixes up our wood panelings. Gives us a I like the here. geometry going on in there. That's really cool. This is I'm in a little uh, the loft area in the apartment. Like, you know, if you look down. Oh, oh yeah. To look out below situation. I don't know what you can see or not, but yeah, uh, I see. I see the whole thing. That's really cool. Totally, totally. So where, where are you at, Karina? Is this the place that I, I weird? I was checking out some of your drone videos of you, of you jamming out with your your band by the pool. Is this that estate? This is not that estate. That okay. estate was very good to me and to all of us for uh, for the majority of this fucked up time. But cool. uh, we were there for like three and a half straight months, which wow. is insane. It's like the longest I've ever been out of New York City. Wow. When I'm not on tour, of course, there's yeah. uh, there's that. But that's my best friend's country house, basically. Yeah. And so we were up there, seven of us in a little commune since March 13th. And then wow. uh, the last, like, I want to say three weeks, maybe getting close to a month, um, been back in the city. And this is uh, this is Williamsburg, Brooklyn, right here. All right. Uh, oh, the Brooklyn Bowl is just a stone's throw that direction oh, so cool Love so ne learn. next time we want to smoke weed backstage at the Brooklyn Bowl we go to your house instead because hey, that's here. not allowed yeah exactly remember that you remember that may there be a time again where that can happen where like, we can uh, not be able to smoke weed backstage at a venue because <laughs> exactly but now you know who to call it'll be great there you, there you go I'm in a locked space it's great it's all this good. is why no. we do we have guests on back to podcast exactly. it's really just we can find different hang spots in yep. the cities when we're back on the road to go and smoke well, you would have been, a, you would have been a perfect, uh, you know, um, back in the day when we were first touring pigeons. Uh, we would do the divide and conquer at set breaks. We'd be like, all right, we don't want to have to pay for a hotel, you know, one tiny one for all four of us to be in there. So just go out and make friends. And uh, hey, uh, what's going on? You enjoy the show? Like, you have any couches? You know, usually we'd leave a little bit of space between those questions. But uh, you know, you would be an ideal because we could go straight there and. You know, it would work great, and you'd be welcome anytime. You know, it all works out. That's funny. That's uh, did it work more often than not? It sure did. Although, uh, and I think he was, you know, not necessarily going to be in this life forever anyway. But our drummer eventually moved on to his own uh, real estate type of 
passions, which I guess he was so tired of staying in other people's houses, he wanted to buy his own. That, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta let them go when they're ready to leave, you know? Yeah. But no, it, it did work out great. We uh, gained some very good friends and fans, and, uh, you know, you, you hit, hit the town, you know, some small place in Kentucky, and you don't know anyone, and by the end you have two or three super fans in that area that'll spread the word for next time. I think that's a good way to do it. And, you know, I, in Marco's band, I joined the band after this period of time, but everybody always loves to tell me about, you know, back, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't even know when he would announce from the stage. He'd be like, oh, thanks so much, everybody. By the way, we're looking for a place to stay tonight. So if anybody (laughs) has, uh, you know, a spot with, you know, maybe a hot tub or whatever. There you go. And so he, he, was, he was going famously. for it. Oh, yeah. And famously, there was one tour where they did that for two weeks straight. Every night, he found a new crash spot for the whole band. Wow. And there are great stories about the old bass player, Mr. Dave Drywitz, uh, yep. sleeping like on a dog bed or something. Like, I don't even know. Like, yeah, I slept in a, in a kitchen, a very small kitchen in a, a college town. Never accept spots in college towns from college students. Greg stayed in the one big room, but the whole room had kitty litter all over the floor. I guess uh. the cat hated it and would just knock it everywhere. So I just like moved the big giant trash can out of the kitchen and just curled up. And uh, I think around then we stopped asking as much and <laughs> like, let's, let's get a hotel room. That'll probably do it. You know, all, all it yeah. takes is one experience like that and for you to be like, you know, this is great, but like maybe, maybe we don't do it this way. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Some things, some experiences are shiny at a certain age and then they start to dull over time but totally the but they all build character it's a good thing I that's mean, what it is sure we all went through it the, and the having not be- thing is kind of like the breaking point though for when we were like asking for crash spots it's like do you have a cat is there <laughs> kitty litter and if it answers yes it's like no it's not yeah no we're good go. we're good totally although having not toured for a while i'd maybe even consider getting a fitful night's sleep on a kitty litter floor just to tour again Oh, right now I would do, I would do the, I can't even tell you what I would do. I would do the most ratchet shit, no problem. Sleep suspended off of a bridge for, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I would sleep on the, I would be like, hey, is it cool if we just like pull into your house and like, like sleep on the grass, like, you know, kind of in the front. Yeah, I hear New York City might be having their schools outside for a little bit. That, I have heard that. I have heard that. You know, that would be some kind of a solution to yeah. something, you know? I don't know. So, uh, I guess it's kind of what, what bands are doing with the drive-in shows. Exactly. We gotta, you know, keeping it outdoors is allegedly kind of a thing that lessens the, the spread. Where so. was your the state you stayed at? Uh, Rhinebeck, New York, okay. which is Rhinebeck. Hudson Valley. It's, yeah. a, you know, yeah. Hudson Valley is the shit. Hey, Karina, have you ever been to um, Applehead Studios? I have. Yeah. We've, I recorded a live record there with Marco. Yeah, we have the, the Woodstock, Woodstock sessions. sessions. Mm-hmm. How awesome is that place? That place rules. How about the? You remember the huge pig? Uh, Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, so dope, right? I would like have coffee with him in the morning. I'd just be chilling this big ass pig. Like, <laughs> dude, this is like for people tuning in to this fine program. This pig was like <laughs> you can't even. I couldn't even tell you how large this pig is. And I'm yeah. from Manhattan, so I don't really know exactly like how big a pig is supposed to be. But you literally pig. couldn't wrap your mind around it. Enormous yeah. pig. You wouldn't even believe what this shit yeah. looked like. Yeah, yeah. You, you would love it, Ben, because it is kind of like on a farm, and there's all like the animals. Like You hang out with the cats, and they've yep. got all these cool like little studio animals and stuff there. But, yeah, Karina, uh, I just moved on to a farm that my fiancé started working at in April, right as this all went down. She's working at a grocery store, and I you know, got home from tour, and... I don't really know what's going on. I don't think grocery store is great. And she'd wanted to be a gardener and like farmer and found this job that came with a really uh, affordable farmhouse to live in. We moved in here July 1st. 
And Whoa. this is the first, first podcast, first uh, public showing of it. That's amazing. From well, what you. I can see, it looks gorgeous, and that sounds like a great. That sounds amazing. Yeah, these two pictures were stacked up like this, and I figured I would just kind of give a little bit of an ambiance. Um, oh, yeah. right, a little spread. My hair buff is covering up the fluorescent light that doesn't even work right now, so you know, yeah. make make things work. Well, but I have uh, pigs right down the street that we feed. We don't have a compost area yet. We're just starting our garden. Um, we'll be doing that more next year. But I bring pigs all of our vegetable trimmings and toss them out. I've named two or three of them, but unfortunately they're not the kind to have as pets because they they're not staying around too long. But, wow. Um, yeah. And where it, is it? What state? What, like, where are you? So I'm in Maryland. We, yeah. uh, pigeons met in, and started in College Park, Maryland, outside of D.C. Sure. Um, I'm trying to – I know I, I, I saw you guys with you in the band at 930 Club. Shout out. Killer. Um, with uh, Claypool Lennon Delirium, that was an incredible show. Oh, cool! That I must have been with that yeah. must have been an incredible experience. And I want to ask you more about uh, uh, Sir Les uh, later on. But oh yeah, deep cut. That was crazy. That was like four years ago. Those so were how, that was, yeah. How oh, soon after you joined the band was that? Like a year or two? No, li like a few months. My wow. first ever gigs with Marco were in April of that year, and those gigs were basically like the, I forget if they were the beginning of September or the end of September. Yeah. Actually, I feel like they were the end of August. Shit, yeah. I think yeah. it was in August, because I also saw, I think I missed you guys, or maybe I caught the end of it in Philly, but I went to both shows. Wow. Claypool Lennon is one of my favorite it, it was one of my favorite bands at the time. Yeah, that's not intimidating at all, right? Getting the gig with Marco, and then you just have to go open for Les Claypool and Sean Lennon. That was right when the torch got officially passed to me. Like, quite, so, like, you know, Dave Drywitz was in the band long before I was and whatever, and he, you know, Ween came back, and J-Rad was happening at a very high-volume level, whatever you want to call it, and he was like, I just can't keep up doing all of this. Karina, it's your gig now. Wow. And like before that, that whole summer, it was like, he'll do a couple. And then when he can't, I'll do a couple. Like I was basically just his sub. And then I became Your understudy. I was the understudy. Yeah. And then I became full time uh, at the Claypool Lennon gigs, which there were just two of them, the ones that you just mentioned. And yeah, I was shitting myself like that. You know, well, I was in players, a, we can relate, right? Fucking I was in a similar position because you sounded great up there and looked great. I'm like, Dad, if she can do this, like I can do anything, you know, like see, seeing your your meteoric rise and i didn't even realize till today you're what are you 26 or something i'm 26 now yeah that is, that is crazy you have had a a long and storied career already and um <laughs> I'm, I'm really honored to be talking with you now jesus i'm really honored to be talking with you guys that's very kind of you wow i should do we should do this all the time it's a yeah. great you know? i feel like in this quarantine thing or whatever you want to call it at this point this like i call it quarantine Quarantine. I call I it quarantino. Like quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah. Quarantine. We got to shuck the quarantine. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you start to like, I don't know, because I feel very like uh, tied to what I do, like play bass in front of people and like mm -hmm. not doing that. Definitely like you kind of lose like a, I don't know, like I'm like, wait, I'm Karina. I play bass. Like I do shit. But like, I'm like, do I do shit? I don't fucking know. Like, I what yeah. you know? I, it's it's the same thing kind of like you, you so much is defined on what we do so regularly and it's it was so hard i mean i know you've been touring for a long time even you know well before marco mm -hmm. and you just get so tied up into that and like the whole lifestyle of okay, going off and then coming home and you know when you were saying that you were at the estate for three months and then you came back and you haven't really been gone from new york aside from touring 
when you're touring, it's you're still kind of par- partially home. Like I know you're out there, but it's sort of like a holding pattern. Everything kind of holds. Right. But when you, you know, my brother actually did, uh, uh, he was in the Adirondacks at like some art collective um, with his husband for, I guess, like a month, month and a half. Same thing. When New York went down, he just got out of there, luckily at a really good time. and was lucky enough to have this cool experience. Um, but yeah, you kind of never are away from that, that home base and to have this time to actually be in it and especially moving. And, you know, I, I never really had a music space set up. Uh, I had a smaller apartment and when this all started, I took half of my dining room table, which was, you know, 20% of my whole apartment and made it into my little space. And, um, it's been really good to kind of catch up with, with myself and, uh, find out that, yeah, like what, what is really going on? You know, I play bass in a band, but like, right. What is Ben? Totally. It's so interesting and weird. And I feel like, you know, it's just kind of like the, I mean, who knows what the future holds at all, but like, you know, it kind of feels like a very, like, it's a, obviously an incredibly fucked up time, but it's also kind of a very special and singular time to kind yeah. of like slow down a little bit, be like, okay, like you're more than what you do per se, but also like, I don't know, I have definitely trouble being like, right, like I do stuff like that makes me me, but I'm also just me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, such a, it's hard to yeah. describe, but and all I'm saying is thank you for being very kind <laughs> and reminding me of all the dope shit that I used to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, keep, keeping up with what you've been doing uh, from when you were younger, like, would you start, start touring two weeks after you got a guitar or like just playing, playing out in clubs? Yeah. No, yeah. I got my, wow. Good research. Yeah, I uh, I got an electric guitar for my 13th birthday. And like, you know, the famous story was my mom, like, we were at Guitar Center. And like, I was like, they wanted to sell us a gig bag. And my mom was like, ah, she doesn't need a gig bag. Where are you going to take this somewhere? And I was oh, like, yeah, ah. like, I want to take it somewhere. Like, what if I do? She's like, all right, we'll get the gig bag. And then like two weeks later, I'm just like, I'm in a band rehearsing like twice a week gigging doing the whole nine at 13. Yeah, totally. And then 60 people on a Tuesday, huh? Oh, you know it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Swindling everybody, uh, exaggerating the numbers. It's great. It's all great. It's, what it's, you do it's marketing. That's all it is. That's, you know, it's still the game we play, right? I don't yeah. fucking know. <laughs> but, nope. uh, but totally. Yeah, no, things, things used to be pretty tough. <laughs> and the Claypool thing, holy shit. No, sorry. I'm just, I think I'm spiraling out about the Claypool. No, no, this, this is I'll good. Like, I, I want to make sure to get to any, that. Any cause... opportunity to get on Claypool. Yep. Right? We're a bunch of yeah. bass players. We're talking about yeah. Claypool. Like, you know, me, yeah. uh, I'm sure like you guys, I mean, growing up, like Les Claypool was like this like God like mythical creature yeah yeah in every way the voice too like somehow you're just like what is this like this is the craziest like i love this i don't know what it is and i don't know how he does it but i want to study it and like Mm -hmm. just like want to be around this all the time and so yeah when those gigs happened i was literally like oh my god like i i am setting up my like pedal board rig which is like this big next to his monstrosity of a situation i'm just like oh my god like this is so insane you know and i yeah it was daunting let's definitely call it daunting i also had like at that point in the marco band it was like marco's amp that we toured with but it was definitely like a one by 12 speaker yep like not even any juice in the it was like walking in like a you know kids lunchbox like hey guys it's time for the show like we're good Hi, Les. 
Oh, Karina, it's cool. I love you. Um, and yeah, did it you get a chance to hang with Les at all? Did you guys talk or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And and the craziest, like, I get there and I, like, am in Marco's green room and then we're just chilling. This is hours before the show. And, like, I don't expect anything crazy to happen. But then we're just chilling, me, Marco, and his wife, Katie. And then in, like, walks Les opens the door and he's like hey marco and i'm like oh, <laughs> and i did not see that coming at all and he's just like i'm looking forward to blah 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 or whatever you know and they're just shooting the shit he's like hey les how are you i'm like oh my god this is so cool yeah, so that yeah. blew my mind firstly but then uh you know it's so funny marco always does it up uh green room wise like he brings a traveling green room road case with a tube amp and a rec like record player and all this vinyl and oh cool brings up christmas lights and burns palo santo it's like he really he's committed to the vibe in a big way that's nice. a genius and move after genius move genius yeah. move and i i like to uphold that with my own band as well because you know yeah. we try to we try to make every space a nice livable space for the few hours that you're calling it home for the make night. the green room feel like home right you right? can just relax oh, and that's such a good idea you know it's funny like i was talking to, we have a sound engineer that we work with and he's doing some mixing for us and his main gig is um when he's not out with the special is with wiz khalifa and snoop dogg considerably wow. better gig <laughs> like different definitely different well i don't know so wiz khalifa is kind of the same thing but yeah, that's different. but he <laughs> says that um wiz brings out this giant he has this huge um like cabinet i guess you could call it that he brings to the green room and you open it and it's just this like multi-panel entertainment center that's got like like a playstation and like a flat screen tv and just like it just opens and it's every green room so he's like i he's like when wiz isn't in there he's like i'm just kind of in there chilling playing his playstation Dude. And like, like that's pretty next level. But even just the idea of bringing in like a record player and or like some incense, something to make it feel more like home, is such a cool idea. Dude, I mean, Wiz is on our vibe, or like we're nope. on his vibe. I don't even know. I want everything to do with that, though. We need to upgrade and get the console in there. That'd be special. Yeah, get that, get that home entertainment cabinet. You guys oh. should collab and do Wiz Karina. Yo, oh, that's fire. Let's make some phone calls after this, fellas. Five dollars, please. You. I'm, I'm going to so, get our sound guy on the phone after this. That would go. be great. Let's do that. Let's definitely do that. So, so yeah, you know, yeah. travel with this enormous, like, you know, green room road case that we have affectionately named Black Baca because it's so <laughs> huge, like Chewbacca, and it's black. Uh, nice and you, like, that. open it, and the record player is mounted to the top. And oh, you, like, that's epic. Hold it. Wow. And on this side, there's, like, all of our wardrobe and all. Anyway, it's it's a crazy fucking thing. But, you were speaking my language. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah, because you you guys have, like, the white getup. You guys have, like, your your, your uniforms, your look, yes, right? Exactly. So, so we keep yeah, them smart. all in this one thing, and Marco has a bunch of shoes that he keeps in there. And, like, I have a few. Uh, actually, I never really switch it up. But I have things where if I wanted to switch it up, I definitely could. Options. <laughs> but point being, fucking, like, after both of those shows, there were just two of them. But, like, right after, like, the Claypool Lennon Delirium gets off stage, they beeline right for our room where we're having a party with our Philly friends and our D.C. friends, respectively. You're on, you're on the stage left side? I was, yes, on the stage left side. 
So like, the, sm- like small little rooms. It was small, exactly. So they had the stage right side, which, as you know, is really much nicer place to hang out. But they that, were that's like, where I would go and hang out when we played with pigeons. I'm not wasting time in our. Yeah, they would. Room. They would make me go hang out with Luke's band, and he'd get to hang out with mine. It's we just it's switch. I, I I kick it in the big nice room. Ben yeah. has to hang out with with uh, the peasants. I think get that's to. Right. You all know, but that means you get it, Ben, because that's like you know nope. you, you were like Les and Sean, where they would like go from their nice suite and then come over to our little you know, vibey, albeit right. small room. And they would be like, hey guys, what's going on? And we would totally hang and chat. And that's so cool. It was all very surreal. And I was wow. definitely 22, wow. just out of college and was just like, this is so crazy. So wow. yeah, that was special for How sure. was it hanging out with Sean Lennon? Sean is so cool. He's Seems such like such cool an interesting guy. guy. Yeah. I really I mean, enjoyed hanging with him. Yeah, that was, uh, we have a, a few weird mutual friends too that we talked about and that was just like interesting and weird. And you guys cool. are both from the city, right? So yeah, yeah. totally. And I, um, you know, Nels Klein used to live in his brownstone with oh, wow. his wife, Yuka. <laughs> like it's all, it was all insane. But I, uh, I worked for this like uh, effects pedal company a couple years ago where I would do a bunch of like their video. Oh, cool stuff and I was uh you know an on-air personality too where I would interview like I went and like they sent me to interview Nels Klein and Jim Campolongo and Dweezil Zappa and like whoever and cool. all this stuff but they sent me I must have I was maybe 18 19 I don't even know but they sent wow. me to go interview Nels Klein and I went to this brownstone in the village and Nels was like, hey, come on in. Like, what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. Do you want some water or something? And I was like, sure. And then we like go downstairs and then Sean Lennon's just there. And he was like, oh, this is Sean. And I was like, hey, <laughs> you know, hot. Wow. All right. <laughs> but like, I played it cool. But like, I was just like, Jesus, like, what the hell's going on? And then did like, he rem- did he remember you? And at- no, at that was before. No, he did not. He did right. not. But we spoke about it. Uh, I was like, I was at your house once, and there's a thing. No, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, but it's all good. Anyway, cool wow. guy, very cool guy. I mean, really, an amazing. Yeah, I have a, a deep-seated interest in uh, quantum mechanics and the you know quantum theory of gravity and all that type of stuff. So hearing him talk about and kind of you know bring that into the banter was a, a pretty awesome experience for me when I first wow. saw them. So it's like that's. It's such an interesting thing to talk about that, you know, Richard Feynman would say if you don't if you un, if you think you understand quantum mechanics, you don't. So to kind of like bring in like try to talk about it to a, you know, that type of crowd, uh ballsy to say the least. And okay. very exciting to kind of like listen to and he's it's one of those things where, you know, I guess and you probably know this more when you're you've toured with your band now? Yes. Your your own band. Uh so you're the, you know, banter, the, you know, front person. Yep. And that's something Luke does as well. I haven't done that as much. I have my Star Project Schwa that I've I do do that a little bit, but um, it must be an interesting experience trying to you know reach out to everyone while still kind of being authentic and you know your own person uh, as well. Totally, and not being like you know cheesy, like hey everybody, tip your bartender, all right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming. No, you know, yeah, totally. Well, Marco is so comfortable and good on the mic, right? It's like his whole thing is just kind of making everybody feel so, like, included. One of the first times I saw you play with Marco was at Luna Light Festival. I I don't know if this was, like, 2014, 15, 16. I don't know. But um, I saw you guys play. 16. Okay, thank you. Um, You guys played in the lounge, and it was my first time. and, and, And granted, it was, like, in the VIP lounge, so it was more casual anyway. 
but it was just like such a fun set where everyone is just smiling and singing along and it was a very just like the atmosphere was so, it, it felt like a house party you know like we were all a part of the show there that's so fun yeah that was a great festival and that was in that was in maryland right that's a whole yeah, yep you're right that's where we met uh, our current light guy wow no shit. yeah manny uh he looked our, our old light guy was ronnie and they both had ponytails and they were wearing like shorts like cargo type shorts with like T- typical like ld to me he's hanging out but from the back they looked exactly the same and we were like <laughs> we kept calling him ronnie he's like ronnie he's like nope manny turn around have like a little, little so bit of mustache manny just got in the bus with you guys and there was no looking that, back after that, that. was it like, and wow. we switched and it's kind of it's like the movie us you just kind of pulled a little switcheroo and then that was your life from then on that's yep. amazing look at that i remember well for that festival was sick because yeah we did we had our marco set and then right after like the headliner that night was benevento russo medeski and martin do you remember this so like, i was gonna ask you about that because yeah, so that, that was, was wild there. seeing you up there jamming with them yeah, yeah again, oh that's right i do remember that now absolutely so like for me again like this is the same little stretch of time with the claypool lennon like this is a month later or whatever that was like october right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that was about october of 2016 yeah. the claypool lennon thing was like late august or september so like it's all happening around the same time and i'm young dumb and good to go and i'm just Amazing. like what the <laughs> and uh you know i'm a huge Medeski martin wood fan like that oh, to yeah, me is like pinnacle of shit like i, me too. I love those guys and uh i had met John and Billy a couple times, but like never would have thought they would really remember me or like, I don't know, like I was just like, oh yeah, those are those are those guys that are so fucking cool and yeah. do their thing. That's so awesome. Anyway, before our set and their set and whatever, like John came to me and was just like, hey, Karina, you're gonna come help us up out up there, right? And I was like, what do you need, yeah. water or something? I'll be I was like, water. you know. <laughs> What do you mean, John Medeski? Like, you know. <laughs> you say the full exactly. name to make sure it's actually him. And then I said, uh, I said, I remember, I was like, uh, yeah, you know, just, just call me up, like, when, when you're ready for me. He was like, no, 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 no. You will know when it's time. You come when you are ready. And I was like. You will be summoned by the, the gods of music. Medeski, I was like, man. and in my head, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, of course I'm not going to do, like, what? Like, I'm going to crash your, like, I'm not that musician at all and as bass players like it's kind of hard to be that guy you know what i mean even though that setup actually lacks a bass player <laughs> but you know normally like you know you get like the the jam pyre guitar guy who's like ah here i am i'm crashing your set like what's up you know but i can't really, you know i can't really be that guy like, well, especially when it's un- unplanned like that to just kind of come in at your age and you know with them and, and, being and, who they are and just yeah. improvising with musicians of that caliber right like there's the, there's the sit-in right it's like hey the keys in g minor come up and rip rip a little pentatonic doodah but it's like john Medeski and billy martin i mean it ranges from like avant free jazz to like acid house i mean they run the gambit and it's next level musical improvisation so what was like kind of going through your head like what, well, I was, what did... yeah I'm, i mean in my head i was like this is the crazy like i don't even i can't compute this you know but then there i am standing on the side of the stage watching them make amazing music the four of them like yeah. and then and i'm like oh my god like what does he mean like when i'm ready when i'm ready like i'll know what I, no i won't know like i won't there's no there's no that i'm thinking to myself i'm not getting up there like there's just no way he was kidding like he didn't mean it like whatever and then he literally he's playing and he like shoots me the, he's like facing me and he's like like uh-huh. 
And then I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, you know, and he's like, like, come, like, waves me. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus, like, he wasn't kidding. Like, this is so fucking nuts. And I'm like, all right, you know, what am I going to do? Say no. And then I come up and. Did you have your stuff set up or an amp set up? Is there any sound? It was still checking? up there. It was still oh, up there okay, from okay. the Marco set. So it okay, went Marco so... and then these guys. So they left Marco's gear and they left my gear. And then... That's like a dream scenario for a bass yeah. in. It There's definitely no basis. was. It's the most, you know, incredible musicians and like, get up here now. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I guess he was not just kidding. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I was just like, there's no way that he actually wants that. Like, they are going to do their thing and it's going to be sick. Like, whatever. Anyway. Were, were they so just jamming was, or was it a song that you knew? Just, or just And jamming. so you just went and played, you know, went in by ear? Like, yeah, it was like 90 minutes of improv or whatever. Two hours. And, and incredible set, too. It, it really, like, not a ton of people there. And I just remember just kind of being, hanging out on the rail with some other fans. And the kind of set where if anybody was, I mean, it's a festival. So if anyone's talking or whatever, people are like, yo, like, chill. Like, totally. yeah. And that's what it's like at an MMW show. Like, I mean, being from New York, I, I, I grew up in Connecticut and I would go and see MMW any chance I got because they play in the weirdest fucking places, right? Like, I've seen them play in a church in Brooklyn. You know, I, I got to see them at Tonic a couple times. Oh, um, yeah. Did you ever get to go and see them in just some weird places in New York? Oh, I saw them at the Whitney Museum once with Schofield, I want to say. Like, I, and yeah, I've yeah. seen them play LPR and like the normal places that they would yeah. play and whatnot. But like, I mean, yeah, and I've definitely seen like just John and Billy, uh, what did they call themselves? Ma Mago? Mago? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen that in some weird, you know, circumstances and shit. It was, yeah, but of course i'll go and see either of them do anything at any yeah. time and yeah I've, I've pretty much fell in love with billy on jam cruise watching wow. the uh Mineski martin wooden schofield uh both of the sets were in for different ways for me just absolutely mind-blowing and i was just watching it's like i kind of wish i was a girl so i could try to marry that guy like i've never <laughs> quite had that experience just like he is just owning and controlling the situation so much. Like Billy's wife, Phaedra, is a gangster. She's amazing. She's into like aromatherapy and stuff. She's I'm glad he found someone badass. good because I'd I'd make that man happy. <laughs> hey Billy, if you're watching, just saying. You gotta like, take her. You gotta take her. It's beautiful. It, it you do things to me. But um, yeah, I, I I do. I have to tell you one thing, Ben, about uh, Luna Light that I remember. That that was such a fun weekend. It was such a great lineup. Shout out to Justin Berger, the Pillar of Philly, um, and everybody else there. Um, <clears throat> Tipper played. I, I don't know if it was that night. Maybe it was after night your before. second. Night okay, before. the night before. So I was hanging out with Jeremy from Pigeons, and um, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go check out Tipper. Like, you should come. He's like, yeah, I don't, what's the deal with Tipper? Should... And I was like, come check it out with me. And, you know, like, Jeremy's always down to check out anything. You know? Oh, yeah. He always likes to hear. I mean, he books and organizes events he likes and, and i'm like just come and check it out and so i took jeremy with me and it was us and a couple other people but we went right up front and um i got to experience tipper with jeremy for the first time did he like it yeah oh yeah yeah he, he was super into it. it it was cool i'm it was a really fun set like he would tipper was just like in the corner and they had all like the um video projection mapping of all like the different props on stage and everything in that barn it just felt like a big house party i remember it was too full and they were like pushing people away so a right. lot of people were upset they couldn't get in there but i wasn't because i got in so it was great <laughs> that festival was great and actually speaking of i i don't even know if i've like talked to jeremy about this since i don't think i have but like you know anyway after that Medeski Martin situation all happened. I was like on fucking cloud nine. I'm losing my shit. Definitely drank some tequila. 
definitely just like we're party again like that our backstage scene is like marco-fied so we have vinyl and everybody's hanging out it was fucking awesome and then the night the time comes for us to get into the artist transportation vehicle and go to the hotel and i just remember like marco and i were just on one but in a way that was like hilarious to us and annoying as shit to everyone else probably where we're just like ah fucking screaming screaming songs like <laughs> i just did with billy martin was, and yeah that was my vibe he was just like i'm having a great night you know and jeremy and his lady were in our like artist transport vehicle and i remember like just being out of control like not to them but just like we were just completely out of our fucking minds like just screaming and i felt very bad afterwards that they had to put up with our fucking lunacy i've seen jeremy in those situations you know time and again he, he generally keeps it even keeled and just does what he does but there's times when he just he, he'll he'll just let it ride and he can keep going for a while like he's built wow. for stuff like jazz fest he loves music he loves beer and he'll if he has both that just leans on each other and just like rides the wave he just keeps going you know he's yeah. he's an absolute trooper but i'm sure he had a good time i'm trying to remember if that's the one where whoever was driving was like driving all crazy and like you know mm. uh he at one point he was like kind of worried they were coming around like this dark quarter or something like that but that could have been any number of festivals that we've been to J- jeremy's just, cool like, with everybody parting in the transport as long as it's not like the driver Sure. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. No, it's just us. We were just like, and our RLD Jeff, like we were just screaming. I just don't even. I don't know. I I remember portions of it, but being like, yeah, oh, fucking, oh shit, there are other people here. Sorry, and I didn't even know like what. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was so. Oh, that was the vibe. That that really was. It was that kind of event where it was like almost as many musicians as patrons, so everybody was just partying. I remember I was on that ping pong table for a while, Ben. I think me and you had a little oh, sparring yep, match that. at yep. some point. Yeah. Yep. So. so fun so yeah. fun when can we do that again that shit uh, was so fun and Lu- luna light it they booked a lineup that was so incredible a couple years ago and i re- and it was art like um square pusher with show believer one was on it oh wow um, yeah oh, hot shit. sugar all these like deep cut musician musicians and i remember like me and my manager at the time we were like this lineup is too good like do people even know who these artists are and then it got canceled because they didn't sell enough tickets um, it's a bummer, you know, like they, they that festival, I really got to give them props for always aiming really high in like the musicianship category, but you know, unfortunately that's not always what sells. So wow, that I is... hope they come back and do something again. Me too. But, and I'm hoping that with all this time, you know, everyone, I know I was, you know, even me who loved going to music and going to shows, there'd be many times where, you know, like in college, Jeremy would be leading a whole cadre of people like we're going to this show, the 930 club, do you want to come? And sometimes I would say yes, and it'd be the best night of my life. I'm like, I can't imagine saying no to this and what I'd miss out on. And other times I'd be like, yeah, I don't think I want to go today. I'll just like kind of stay in. I got early day tomorrow. Or, well, actually, it's never, I didn't, never had an early day or anything to do, but just didn't want to go out. Yeah. And when I wouldn't go, it'd be like, all right, you know. I don't think I missed too much, but then I'd realize every time I went what I would have missed. So I tried to do it more often and he'd always be going every time. Um, but I'm hoping that people who may not have gone out as much are like, Oh, this thing is, will always be there. And you know, I'll check it out at some point or every now and then I, I hope that people give it, a, give it a shot. Cause there's something about live music that is just the energy and the, the exchange. And I, you know, I remember he- hearing you talk uh, about, you just would not want to play shows where people are sitting. You were talking to Frasco about that, and I thought that was very interesting. And, it, you know, you said you would 
attend a show, a seated show, and you've done that and you enjoy that, but that's just not your vibe. It's not what you're into. And I thought that was a really cool way of putting uh, emphasis on what we like to do in, in the jam scene and like the, the scene that we do. Like it's about exchanging energy and movement and getting people up and going for it. And I'm hoping that more people realize this might not always be a thing because it's not right now and uh, just go out and check it out and see what happens. And maybe yeah. next time these types of things happen and, you know, there'll be less opportunities for people to just kind of like, let's try a festival because it's this never, it's always bursting, but always growing bubble. You know, every year it'd be like these festivals that would try to happen and then fail, but then next year it'd be even more come out that you knew weren't going to go well. Um, and it's a shame about Luna Light because they did have such a good organization and uh, good bands, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go in the future and, and how, how things come out of it. Agreed. Agreed all around. I hope, you know, and I think I think people will, when the time comes, you know, be starved for that mm -hmm. kind of back and forth as opposed to like, I mean, of course, there will be the folks that are more cautious and more weary of the whole thing. And that's totally fair. But I think the uh, the number of people who are just itching for that energy exchange. Well, and then also a lot of musicians are probably using this time, I'd hope, to either, you know, rest and like get their energy back in that way or write more music or you know collaborate with different people or just feel that urge to to hit it even harder and and i, I think like you said earlier a lot of good is going to come out of this you gotta hope so right i mean yeah. yeah absolutely and i do i do think so and it's it's a unique time to say the least but like you know it's it's time that you know we may never get back like this yep. certainly yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like very bizarre in terms of like, and good, I think. And in, in certain, we got to put a, try to put a good, a good spin on it, shall we say. But I, I do think that like, you know, having the time as touring musicians to like settle down for a sec, like figure out like, mm -hmm. what are we doing exactly? Like, who am I? What are we? Yeah. What? I'm whole thing you know I remember hearing uh someone say you know when it first all started it's like the important thing in this time is to have like a schedule and a routine like wake up at a similar time and you know have things you do and i, I was fortunate enough to uh join live lesson masters to teach a little bit of bass even though i now i started taking lessons again it's like i don't know nearly enough to actually teach someone so i wanted to hone my craft and figure things out but you know i started having a set schedule cc just started working at the farm so i was able to get up early and like you know, maybe exercise in the morning. And I remember thinking, wow, this is, this is great. Why didn't anyone tell me as a touring musician when I'm home from tour, that's what I should have been doing is having a schedule. Like I come home, it's like mini retirement. I can take care of myself and, and um, practice and learn. Yeah, I thought it was nope. just laundry and Netflix. It, exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. It's yeah. just a, a place to sleep for longer that you don't pay for. Well, you do, but. Yeah. But yeah. different. No, I, I feel that in such a huge way. And I don't know about you guys, and I'd be very interested to hear, but. I like since I got back to New York City, I've been like very like kind of energized by like the feeling of the city coming back and it's my home and I'm like here and I'm like, yeah, and I've just been like going to bed like straight up before midnight, yep. waking up around eight like, wow, this is a new reformed Karina. You don't know me, fellas, but yep. that's not, uh, <laughs> it's never been the norm. You know what I'm saying? No After hanging no. out with Marco in the green yeah. room, you're not going to bed before midnight. Safe never. And even yeah. on, you know, if I come home from tour, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all right. And then right. it's like, oh, I think I slept till noon again. All right. And noon, that's pretty good, honestly, for when I was sleeping in. Be like, oh, okay, I'm up by noon. Not bad. Right. Exactly. It's, so, you know, yeah. I feel like now I've kind of been and I'm doing the same shit. Like, I'm like, wow, like I like I'm cooking. 
yep. I'm exercising. I'm like, have a bit of like a structure, like, which is good for a person. I get it. Like, you know, even though what we do is maybe a little unstructured in certain ways. And well, we have, others, we have the structure know. of like a, a call sheet or, you know, whatever that we, we would see is okay. This is when loading is, this is when soundcheck is. It's like, we have all that structure put on by, you know, some other entity or just kind of there as part of the venue. And it shifts a little bit day by day. Right. But when I, you come home to like, actually like, wait, I can now, now I have time to create my own structure. And I think next time, you know, when I go back on tour, I was kind of loosely like, okay, this is, you know, I'll try to go on a run or a bike or something. And yeah, this time, and then maybe try to take a nap here, like work on something or read here, but I, I'm going to try to go in more structured and create my own sense of, you know, what I want to do. And I, I think that paradoxically kind of gives freedom because it's like, okay, here's my limitations on my time. But then in that time I do whatever. And of course, if you want to shift it around, you can. And I found trying to get organized a very exciting challenge and it's very new yeah. to me because I'm not that way normally. I like yeah, that. And it's just like, you know, with musicians or whatever you did before quarantine, it was like, you have some kind of inherent like structure, right? Like you say, it's a call sheet or it's a work schedule or whatever. And so that got taken away from people. And that's kind of a big like getting the rug swept from under you like now you're in charge of your schedule you have to kind of it's um, terrifying come up with, yeah come up with your priorities and all these things and it's a crazy thing to just witness but it always kind of happens in society like we have this like stupid inside joke with my friends about like posting on facebook asking people what's on netflix and i'm always like why are people fucking asking what's on that it's like go on to netflix and you can see what's on netflix <laughs> like, but and and so you know it's like what's everyone watch on netflix and just be like 500 responses and it's like yeah i guess there you go that's everything on netflix but um as my buddy supercilia said to me he's like well like you know people don't watch cable as much now and they're used to having like the tv tell us mm -hmm. what to watch and right. now people have to decide and people get kind of like whoa i have i don't want to make a decision you know what i mean so and it's this now it's that you know to the nth degree with lifestyle it's now there's no no telling you what to do so when well, for an regular switch up for regular people too you know you had to be in work by nine and out by five and you know yeah. some people are working from home other people's other people are lucky enough to get unemployment to get themselves through in you know this crazy time but like there's not like the specific here's when you do this and here's when you take yeah. your lunch and here's when you do that and i think a lot of companies seem to resist the working from home thing but now they're realizing that people can be if as productive, if not more productive, when they have their own thing. Because it's when when you have this yeah. outward um, organizational force, you can kind of chill and like ah, it'll be taken care of somehow. But you know, like Jeremy running festivals, when we went to All Good the first time and saw this whole organization, it's incredible. And now I see Jeremy putting it together, and it's him and all his people, and he they, he works half of the year putting this whole thing together. Him and Greg, and you know, but it, it's because they're the ones doing it. They kind of make it happen, and there's nothing magical about it. It's just, just doing it, and that's that's one thing I've focused on and figured out during this time. Is like just fucking do it, just right. start doing stuff. And you know, again, looking into your story, uh, Karina, it's been inspiring to say the least to hear how you, you know where you've come, and you know, you created your own major with uh, music business, and still graduated while touring, and. You know, yeah. I'm 32 and I'm like, I guess I'll start practicing bass regularly now. You know, it's like, but. I got to start doing that too, though. I got to start doing that. Yo, that's yeah. what, and that's what I wanted to ask you a bit about too, Karina. Like when we're talking about touring musicians and it's kind of like, oh, now there's no touring. So what do we do? I mean, you have a lot of projects that you stay busy with. Um, so what has, what, what, what have been the projects since you've returned to the city that you've been focused on? Um, ben and I checked out the three from seven podcast, which is really cool. So I wanted to ask you a bit about that and just kind of what, um, 
what other projects have you been focused on? And I saw the or? I actually tuned in live the the one rock and roll playhouse set that I happened to see on Facebook was you guys. I was like, oh, wait, nice. is that Karina? Hell yeah! yeah. And just kind of like tuned right in. That was a fun one. The trampoline thing. Oh yeah, that yeah. was good. That was good. Oh yeah. man, yeah. You know when I was I was very happy and blessed, if you will. Like when I was up in Rhinebeck, I was with all of my also musically inclined friends that aren't my normal band that I have like back in the city but uh you know I could kind of put them to work on a project when things would come in I'd be like hey you guys want to play uh drums and guitar on this like that would be great so Mm -hmm. rock and roll playhouse totally and just various random stuff that would come in was cool three from the seven has been going on this entire time remotely I use my RE20 microphone. That's a nice one. And uh, (laughs) yeah, honestly, it's very impressive to see how um, much you've gotten done with that. Because me and Luke were like, we wanted to start this podcast for two years, and then finally this all started. It's like, okay, if we don't do it now, we have no fucking excuse. Let's (laughs) start it, and we hit it like quasi regularly, and then just like, eh, nah, we're good for a little while. But then I see you just doing it every week and like continuing to stay up on it, and. also, Raphael is an awesome, good friend and really so good awesome. person for that, too. So I was going to say, the only, like, I, I take zero credit for that. I'm the talent. Even when this whole thing started about a year and a little bit ago, like, it was, you know, Shappy just was like, Karina, like, you and Raph need to do this thing. Yep make it happen. And I was like, oh, great. But, like, my role in it is, like, I waltz into the office. Yep. Like, you're like, yo, what's up, everybody? Hey. And then, like, so I that's talk what to me that's what me and Luke both do. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. And then you, talk, you talk some shit and then you leave, right? But like yeah. Raph is on the ball. She makes these Google Sheets every time with the, the stories and the ad read and everything. And oh, cool. again, like, even though it's been remote, it's still the same shit where like, I'm like the talent who comes in, acts weird and funny, and then leaves. And so then I was, like, was going to lead into a- asking how we get onto like Stitcher and Apple Music Podcasts and everything. But it Not sounds like, yeah, but no, it sounds like we just get a producer and she's yeah. the one. So she is literally no, she we'll would probably off. love to do that for you guys, and I think she would really Super hook down. it up. She's right, we need a producer. <laughs> yeah, I think she would hook that up for you guys. Truly, cool. truly, truly. She's honestly, she's the most organized, intelligent, you know. She... And down, down to earth, too. Like, she has all the shit together, but she's just super, like, always connected with her. Even, like, before we really, you know, she's kind of knew her from the scene and, like, interviewing people. But she's just really, you know, really good Not person. That. Really she real. Keeps it, she keeps it 100, as the kids say. It's really yeah. true. And I'm very yeah. blessed to be, her, you know. The, the Bill Walton to her Dave Patch we oh, like wow. to say and it's just great. uh but that's been all good and now you know i've been back in the city and basically the only people i see are my band which has been amazing and we actually cut two new singles a couple weeks ago and mixed them last week and they are getting mastered today yo so, congrats that's awesome yeah, so two new karina reichman songs are coming for you uh, and I think we're going to do it. I'm going to put one out in about a month and then the next one about three weeks to a month after that, space them out a little bit, but I'm stoked. It's super exciting. Do, do you, know? you have kind of creative control over that, Karina? How involved yes. are you in like the, the social media or the marketing and that? A thousand percent. I have no yeah. team. I have nobody who does anything for me, but me. So wow, everything cool. you, you see is just me. <laughs> right. That's great. Keep, keep it in house, right? It's I, I've learned through countless managers that nobody is going to care or understand your art as much as you do at the end of the day right or know how to sell it 
I think so. I mean, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be mad about, you know, some kind of, you know, team being put together at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, after- I guess the, the way I've, I've observed, you know, Jeremy was the kind of person who did that early on. And we brought in Dave DeCiani as first our accountant and then our manager. But by doing it yourself, you are creating a team. It's just a team of just you so far. Right. And then eventually you're able to kind of bring things in and slowly, you know, work things off. Um, I have a guy that I use for merch for Schwa and he's been killing it. And I'm very lucky that I kind of found him because there's all things, and I don't want to like spend. Greg was telling me he has a side project, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, the pins are great, but you have to expect to spend a few hours at the post office mailing them off the first week, and you sell them." I'm like, "I don't, I don't want to do that." So I found <laughs> this awesome dude who's you know helping me out, Scoop Doodles, shout out, um, Scoop Doodles, together. And if you need any uh, merch or merch help, you know, let me know. Thank you. I've been doing that DIY too. And, and, you know, knock on wood, killing it. Like I just, I released shirts and they totally sold out not once, but twice. And I do. The shirts are fresh, Karina. Thank you. Thank you. you. Really cool. Really cool art. I love that, that vibe. It's got a little bit of like a retro vibe, a colorful, bright, very fitting for your, for very on brand for you. Thank you. And if you want to check it check it out, you can go to KarinaReichman.com, I believe. Is that correct? Hey, you can, but, you got... uh, but don't be don't be misled, people. They're sold out. I'm not, I don't know if we're gonna drop them again. I just wow. don't well, know. You know. Whatever you see, yeah, gr- snatch it up while you can. And you're gonna go to Karina Reichman, spelled incorrectly, R Y K M A N, I believe. Wow. Which... That is correct. Incorrect yes. yet correct. You know uh, what you're talking I about. I found that out. That's a wow. uh, that's a good one. You're well researched. You well, you are good. We'll yeah, man, you, you in crushed later. it on the homework today, man. Damn. Yeah, I was on we my, just I was confirmed on my... this shit last night, man. When you fucking were doing all this? <laughs> well, I was thinking I should have done it earlier, but uh, you know, a friend or someone told me recently that if you want something done, give it to a busy person, and I've never been that busy person, and now that I am, it's easy to just kind of find time to do stuff. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure you know more about that than I ever would have, but you know, now that I am, am doing things, and I was like on my bike ride listening to NPR, and I'm like, wait let me just listen to the podcast and like check things out and then, you know, spend some time to, to look into it. And, yeah. um, and low key, we've been talking about having Karina on for a while. Uh, yes, we, we have. We've, oh, want, yeah. we've wanted to have you as a guest for a while. You've been up top of the list there. That's yeah. very kind of you. Thank you so yeah. much. For having yeah. this is a blast. I'll talk to you guys anytime. Have me yeah. back. I love it. We were, we were definitely uh, thinking, definitely. you know, we, we yeah. we're going to have obviously new people on as we get, you know, build up episodes, but there's certain people that we're going to definitely have back and we look forward to checking in with you as things go forward. Yeah. Um, and, you you do more things so the songs that you released the ones on spotify plants and elevator those were that was that this year earlier this year i wish it was no uh elevator came out last november so like november 2018 and plants came out in june 2019 did i say 18 before i didn't mean that i meant november 2019 i forget what i said i think i heard 19 so you're good Good. Great. We can always Great. fix that in post. I'll give it to Raphael. It's like, we'll fix that in post. This, you know. Hey, Raph. Yep. It's Karina. <laughs> hey, it happened again. Uh... That's my line to her. This is just like always connected to her. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um... <laughs> it's like the red phone in the, uh, in the White House. Totally. Exactly. Just like this is my Raph line in case I need yep. something and she's all over it. I'm like, oh, thank God I have somebody with their shit together to help. That's what we all need. I was going to say again, me, me and Luke, producer. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Luke have been like, yeah, maybe maybe he's that guy in my life. And Luke's like, yeah, maybe he's that guy in my life. And then we got together and uh, no, no, but we have fun doing it. So yeah. I think you're doing great. You guys got the great chemistry. All <laughs> you know, and that you can't you can't just put out a Craigslist ad for that. You know what, what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. Can't buy, you can't buy chemistry. Yeah. Well, Talk to Walter White, sirs. Oh, well, you can sell Kevin. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Breaking <laughs> yeah. Bad pro- proves that wrong. Doesn't yeah. Yep. No, you got bars, Ben. You got bars. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't get me started. Actually, the first day moving into this spot, you know, I'm so much more 
um, inspired here. My apartment, you know, wasn't like in the city per se. I was in Mount Washington in Baltimore, but there's people around. There's fucking leaf blowers. I swear, like the CIA or something was handing out leaf blowers to people around me. It was just like, yeah, fuck with him. Start fucking with him. Bro, leaf blowers are, are are just. I I I don't know. I'm they not literally blow hat guy, but there's just something about leaf blowers. Like I'm like, what the fuck are you doing right now with that leaf blower? Thumbs no down leaves. on leaf blowers. Thumbs down. Big thumbs down. It's we official. Back to Basics does not approve leaf blower life. It's a facade. No. What are they? They're covering up a sound or something. There's like, if somebody is like making some weird experiment, they're like, we need a loud noise out in the yard. They're like, leaf blower? They're like, there's no leaves. Like, nobody's going to fucking ask. Get a leaf blower. I think a dubstep producer just like, you know, marketed one and like, you know, got his name on it and he gets a portion of it and he just, uh, you know, there it is. I'm like, just leave them. Just leave them. They're leaves. No Who has an issue with leaves? Yes, yes. Pun received though. Understand. You know what I'm saying? Leave yes. Them. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> I just leave them. They don't bother me. They don't bother anybody. If they're really bad, yeah, maybe call a guy. But, like, come on, how bad well, are they? Well, just doing? rake. Know. You know, that's oh, all good. Right. Like, you know, we brush our hair. Just brush the grass. Brush your lawn, you know? Yeah. makes yeah. a lot of sense. It makes I, a lot of sense. Here we are changing the world one, one conversation at a time. And, you know, we couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. This is great. I'm here to talk about that. all of the leaf blowing and raking and all that stuff. You know, I lived in the country for three and a half months. So you're an expert now. <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah. Well, Before you were out on Applehead. Like, you were in. The, you were in the farm, living that pig life. You know what? The I've rustic done, life. But like, I've I've dipped in there, like with Marco and one other. Marco lives on an actual like he has like chickens right. and goats and. He he uh, lives out in Woodstock, doesn't he? Yeah, he lives, he lives close thirty to minutes away from where I was the whole time. Cool. So like, I'm very familiar with the area and whatnot. But like. I am not a country bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what is going on. Like, I, yeah, no. City girl. That. Yeah, I'm You're super into, like, pavement and shit, you know? <laughs> well, and, like, so. Karina, too, like, you go to a lot of shows when there were shows. You would hit up a lot of shows in New York. Um, <laughs> when there were shows, definitely. Back then. Shows. Not now. But, um, okay, one show I Netflix wanted to ask you about. Now. Yeah. Um, I think we were both at some of the same Nine Inch Nails shows um, last year. Music to my ears, my friend. Yes. <laughs> what you got? What do you got? Dude, so I I got to see him at Radio City, which I I saw you make a post or something about it, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, Karina's there. And then I somehow scored tickets to see him at Kings in Brooklyn the next week, Whoa. and those are just two of the best shows I've ever seen. And I was just I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on those shows. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying I'm such a geek out fucking diehard Trent fan forever you know yeah. and I, you know when i was uh 14 15 whenever when the wave goodbye tour was in 2009 oh, shit. Yeah. i went to all those shows and they were at terminal five and peter murphy descended from the ceiling getting hung oh. like from his legs and singing reptile and it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen and i like a bunch of shows on the ninja tour where it was nine Nails and jane's addiction like I love, I love all that shit. It was so, yeah. I saw Bonnaroo 2009 and I was so Ooh. young and so good to go. Like, I love Nine Inch Nails. So yes, Fuck anyway, yeah. to answer your question, that whole tour, I just saw, I saw both Radio City shows. Cool. Couldn't see the Kings shows because I was on the road, mm. but I ended up literally, I flew like I'm also a bit of a well back in my old life I was really into uh, my delta status oh yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> and so what I literally did was we played Christmas jam in Asheville it's like Warren Haynes's thing right we I went pre Christmas jam flew to San Francisco and saw I think it was 3 9 inch nails shows oh wow there which was the best shit ever so fucking awesome then I flew back to New York then I flew from New York to Asheville to play christmas jam and then i flew from new york oh no sorry 
New York to Asheville, then from Asheville to LA to wow. see three more Nine of Tales shows. Yo, and the dedication is a mad impressive. Dude, it's like other than the other stuff that I like, that's my favorite shit. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck yeah, because I know that you fuck heavily with fish and, and the jam world and stuff like that. Yes. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love how into Nine Inch Nails you are. So it really was, I, I, I'd say that I think Tool and Nine Inch Nails are the, probably the best shows I've ever seen in my life. And that tour was I get so that. Cool. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah Y'all got to school me on some of this stuff. I, I when I was yeah. younger, I was, you know, more fluffy kind of person. It's like, oh, this angry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> heavy music it's not for me i like the happy you were a good groove stuff but now i'm getting a little angrier so i want to get into this ah. stuff yeah, yeah. dude well let's get a good side play in the group chat going yeah. Yeah. Everything <laughs> you need, big daddy trent will bring all of your angst out of you totally. okay. oh my god oh yeah and my poor friends who were like they knew they knew <laughs> they didn't know like when i yeah anyway it was deep it was deep because i saw all those shows like a lot of different people my la friends my San Francisco yeah. friends a few different new york uh, contingents there so how did the shows like compare to you just because it was so interesting to me like you know nine inch nails there there's a great dvd ben for you to, to check out and anybody that's listening that's not super familiar with nine inch nails a great place to start is this um vivo live show i like the tension dvd or something i think it's called oh, you can see yeah, it yeah. on vivo it's it, it's um it's a live show it's from it's in la it's from a few years ago i believe it was on the tour um, the Hesitation Marks tour, and sure. it's when they had that big, like, three-dimensional cube. They had these LED yeah. strips, but they were making some, like, using software. And Nine Inch Nails has always kind of been on the forefront of really intense visual shows. Um, but it was, you know, it was a wild tour, but there was a lot of... So I I'm explaining it poorly. I think if you type in Nine Inch Nails Tension, you'll be able to find the show. Um, but this most recent tour, the Cold, Black, and Infinite, the one that Karina and I are talking about, they were changing up the set list like crazy every night. And the production was really... I remember at Radio City, guys were running around on stage holding spotlights, like fog machines and spotlights. So it was just a really crazy... It, so it wasn't such a dialed-in you know, production they were doing every night. It was really different. Um, I'm just curious. I don't know. How, how did the shows like in L.A. compare to the Radio City shows in New York? I mean, they're, you know, like you say, they actually, believe it or not, like, you know, not like Fish does, obviously, but right. like they do switch up the sets yeah. nightly, you know, and uh, not like... I'm not saying every night has a complete unique set. Like you'll probably get some of the, like, you know, the staples in there every night, but yeah, it yeah. was, it was just, you know, as a total nerd for this shit, I was geeking out. Like it was so yeah. awesome. And Radio City is one of my favorite places to see anything. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with that room. It was yeah. so amazing. But, you know, the Palladium in LA is kind of like, it's not in the round per se, but like it has a lower ceiling and it's a little more, half in the round shall we say okay. so it was like a little like intimate in this crazy cool way yeah. i don't know i was way about those shows and cool. ones at uh bill graham i was up in the balcony for those guys so i could get like a real serious kind of uh you know far out view of the yeah. whole thing and get it visually popping it was just cool. you know I i'll go see them anywhere anywhere anytime yeah, yeah. and that I, awesome. mark store was sick too and i saw Oh, you saw? Uh, I saw that at the Barclays wow. and at the Prudential Center. I remember that, and I was wow. just like, "This is the best!" Because that was like, kind of when they came back. Yeah. So did you get to see him with Pino Palladino on bass? Yes. Yeah. Oh. It was so fucking awesome. Oh my god. Yeah. It's just that raw intensity thing, but also Trent makes beautiful music oh, too. You get like it. It's one of those things where, you know, 
you get a little bit of everything. Kind of, well, you know, if you go to a fish show, you get a big black furry creatures from Mars, and then you get a rogue. And it's like that eclectic thing is what I yeah. love. I love Ween's my favorite band, too, because of that. Like, they'll make you laugh. They'll make you cry. They get heavy. They get sad. Cool. They get soft. Like, I love all of it. And that's what, like, you know, for my music, too. Like, I don't give a fuck about genre, really. Like, I just want to make shit that moves me. And I like... Yeah. I like really heavy putting it. fucking music. I like, you know, trippy fucking music. I like, I, I really, I'm not like a one genre fits so, all. Yeah. The real, question is, the real question is when you get to sound check with Nine Inch Nails, are you going to approach that differently than when you sound check with Fish? <laughs> or or, or the would, Claypool Land I'd have a full come apart if I sound checked with Nine Inch Nails. Full come <laughs> apart. Oh my God. Wow. I can't even picture it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what would we play? Oh my God. It's like that would be the different, like, you know, with Fish, we just jammed an A, right? Like, yeah. and I set the. <laughs> but like, with Nine Inch Nails, I feel like I'd have to come in hot. You know what I would play? We'd play only. You know that tune? I don't know. Is that like an older Nine Inch Nails track? Yeah, I think it's on With Teeth. Oh, okay, okay, cool. I'm uh, not actually super familiar with with um with with Teeth. Well, let me give cool. you a couple choice cuts to check out, but Please. only has only has a bass line for the ages. So for both of you guys, only. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing there it down. Is no, you. There is only me. Totally, I know it. Oh, fucking you. It's so good. Oh my god. Anyway, oh yeah, god. I'd probably have so to come cool. in hot with a song. <laughs> that's incredible. No, I fucking love nerding out on It's funny, I was going to ask you to sing <laughs> on this. I was like, nah, that's going to be stupid. And then you, you just came out with it. Perfect. <laughs> that's so fucking awesome. It's so good, dude. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes to that. Oh, your lips to Jaws ears. Let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So do you, um, so you, you say that fuck genres, and I say fuck genres um what's like the vibe of the new tracks that are coming out is there and just in general like do you kind of with my band with the special it's a lot of times we're never like all right let's do a song and it's going to be like a metal song and then it'll have a hip-hop breakdown and like some 808s at the end but that'll just kind of happen and like if we but we'll reference like okay let's go for like a tool intro and then like a ghost main breakdown and then maybe like a radiohead outro like wow. using artists and that's like talking myself up none of our shit sounds as cool as that no, no. but um, you know it. like using artists as references rather than like genres um is that something you do with with, with your band yeah absolutely and I, I i love references like when writing i feel like i live by them a little bit and like yeah. you know all that stuff the the first tune i'm gonna put out is like somewhere between uh talking heads meets ween of cool. course i say that with utmost respect but like it's, it's not it's just fucking karina being insane obviously but it's that's uh, the inspiration point yeah you know well, the music's like a palette and you're you know taking different colors that they've mixed like they mixed a really cool color yeah. and they've missed a cool color and you get to kind of take a you know watered down version and add color of your own totally exactly and like you know put it through the karina filter and or the special filter whatever it just becomes it becomes you when you're the one doing it because right. we're not David Byrne, you know. Sure. Uh, so yeah, the Reichman. Karina Reichman. First one's very upbeat. It's like 140 BPM for the nerds. Yeah. Right. 140? Are you you got a dubstep vibe with this? We're, no, we're just out there. We're thro we're we're pulsing, cool. you know, we're pulsing. Gotcha. It's total dance party, like cool. lunatic sunshine in a song, you know. It's just Ooh, lunatic fun. sunshine. I dig that. I can you see know, why you handle the marketing. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I came up with that myself. I like that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So that one's fun, and that one's just a bop. It's got, you know, I played a lot of synths on it and stuff oh, too. Cool. And like, you know, it's it's uh, it's a fun summertime party jam. And then the next one, like, 
kind of has it's it has like a bit of the metal a bit of the hip-hop and a bit of the funk kind of all interlaid it goes pretty hard and i play sub fatty on that guy too yeah there it is yeah overlaid a lot of guitar on that and just like are you playing guitar on it my boy adam november the actual guitar player in my band like played most of the guitars but then when we went in for mixing by we i mean just me uh, I did overlay a lot of the guitars myself Badass. too. So, cool. you know, getting it all together there. And that one, the first one is uh, I sing on it. And then the second one cool. is instrumental. So wow. I'm open to both, man. I'm open to both. I'll sing. I won't sing. I'll sing. I won't, you know. Genreless lunatic so. <laughs> sunshine over here. Yo. I just don't care. I just don't care. I mean, I care a lot actually, but I, you know what I mean? It's Keep just... it free. I mean, that could be a new stage name though, Karina. Um, Lunatic Sunshine. I don't know. That kind of vibes. Or a record. A record. Yeah. Like, can yeah. you picture it? I think well, I it could be your, it. your David it. Bowie, you know, Ziggy Stardust, you know, right. uh, alter ego. <laughs> Slim Shady style. I like that. Ooh, yeah. guys, you guys are good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you've always had, you know, when you're playing shows or just talking or you have this very bright bubbly kind of happy optimistic side but then obviously you're into the you know slayer the, the, yeah yep. yeah and, uh, mastodon i think or something you know oh yeah no all hey, of that all karina of it. did you see slayer on their farewell tour with primus I, I didn't and that makes me so upset i'm yeah. really upset about it i was on the road i toured like yeah. i literally was gone october november december and january like i was i was out for yeah. the most part of last year which was uh which was amazing in its own right but for all younger musicians who are yeah. starting to try to make it one of the best ways you know you're getting to a good point is when you can't see the bands you love anymore <laughs> i remember we'd, we'd miss all sorts of fish shows be like well, we'd love to be at this right. one but you know we you are playing see them in, in right. new places we were in That's between true. tours with aqueous and pigeons and we got to see slayer and primus in kansas city Oh uh, yeah, and we at the KFC Center on a on a snowy Monday, and oh. um, it, it, they had just finished their sold out night or two nights at Madison Square Garden, oh. and and this was the KFC Center was like half full, um, you know, and it, so it wasn't a lot of people, but it was incredible. Um, it was such a cool Primus was like, you know, I was expecting to see the kind of standard Primus 60 minute opening set, but they were like getting into dark improv territory and less as being mm. a weirdo tapping the rainbow bass and ra and I'm like, oh, they're getting dark and jamming before Slayer like, yes. And then Slayer went up and it was like, I mean, I wasn't close up, but I could feel the heat from the flames and oh, the pyrotechnics. Yeah. Like, and it was so, also just such a cool crowd. Like, it, it was, we got down on the floor and we were getting in some of the mosh pits. I saw in the mosh pit there was a blind kid and a, and a handicapped kid in a wheelchair, and everyone is just like helping them out and rolling him around in the mosh pit. Like, it was such a cool, supportive crowd that maybe people wouldn't expect from Slayer. But the that I mean the metal scene has a has a, um, a very compassionate fan base. I feel. Like. I would a thousand percent agree, and I spent you know many of my teenage years playing in metal bands, and I was oh, in a cool. band called Shit Kill for a long time. And <laughs> Shit Kill. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Cool. And I was Lunatic in, Sunshine. I was in a band called White Collar Crime LLC, and a fucking uh, my first band was called False Arrest, and like you know I I, I spent a lot of time seeing you know, one week of fish tour and then all those bands, Slayer, Dude, Mastodon, yeah. Gojira, like anything. Yeah. I love heavy music. And you know, people would be like, that's so weird. Like those two aren't compatible. And I'd be like, you're absolutely wrong. They're super compatible. And there's love through the aggression of the music. To me, it's just a, yeah. 
it's it's an emotion just like yeah. happiness is like it's just like a feeling or it's like just this kind of the raw release. intensity you know yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's about intensity you know it's the human condition there's i mean like you can get anything you want of uh, emotion wise out of music people sometimes i'll you want to listen to bob marley while you smoke weed outside because it feels good and sometimes you want to put on slayer and fucking just rock out because you've had a crazy day it's like you know, don't be afraid of any emotion and any music or art that helps you experience a, 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 that emotion is cathartic. And I'm so with you. I mean, I grew up like I played in a Slipknot cover bands, you know what I mean? And, yes. then, like, and then I started fucking heavily with like Nirvana and then it started to get more in the jam band. So it's like you can have all of it. You know, you, you don't have, have to be all. one or the other. Yes, you yeah. can have it all. Yep. <laughs> you can have it all. I'm going to stop. Oh, we'll stop with yeah. it. Right? Gotta butcher it's some trend. <laughs> See that one I know. I was like, oh, they're covering Johnny Cash now. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of people thought that, dude. That's good. That is good. It's all fucking amazing, man. Music is so cool. It's the great uniter. We're so lucky. Like it's we're, just... yeah. We're very, very lucky to be here. You know, listening to uh, some of your podcasts with Frasco about, you know, he's asking you what you're looking forward to in the future and I was gonna try to figure out a way to to ask you that as well, but uh, you know, you're just so stoked to be doing it and so happy. And even though you've been touring for so long, and you know, I will admit to being that, you know, before touring, it's like, touring's going to be awesome no matter what. There's nothing bad about it ever. It's going to be great. And then towards the end of last year, I was just like, I don't want to do this. I want to be home. And want And then by spring, I, I kind of reset and, like, collected myself and took care and did some, like, you know, mental health work of my own. And spring tour was incredible. And then we got this time, and I was like, okay, Again, I'm going to use this time wisely and do my thing, but reset and, you know, coming to this point and talking with you and, and preparing for this, I'm, you know, very impressed with your mindset all the way throughout, and I'm excited to kind of take the parts that have worked throughout my life and worked for other people's lives and, and, and move it forward. But, yeah, music is uh, such an emotionally visceral and, like, connective art form. You know, painting is really cool, and, like, seeing someone paint or, like, seeing a cool piece of art or, you know, whatever else it might be, but music is just, you know, it's there and then it's, you know, it's gone. Granted, you have recordings and you can listen, but it, it's, it's just such a more, um, you know, it really speaks through you and, and to, to be in a position where not only are we able to be in it, but like we get joy out of creating it. And, you know, sometimes, uh, it's a struggle as well, but it, it, it's such a, a glorious struggle and to kind of be reminded of that right now is, is a, is a really cool thing. I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, you realize like anything's a struggle. If it wasn't this, we'd be struggling for something else. You know, exactly. I mean? But we're struggling in something that we, you know, want to do. Again, like just knowing I could have been practicing more at my instrument throughout the years, but you know, now I have this place to do it. It's it's been incredible. Yeah, I've been kind of like, I don't want to play it because I play for five and a half hours every night on tour, and you know, people playing backstage and getting ready is like, I know I should do that and want to, but I. I I'll just do what I can do. And th that's okay too. That's fine. But now getting this point, it's like, well, let me just buckle down and do my job and like be who I've been. It's like, well, this is, this is awesome. I'm just sitting here just like playing around and finding new things. And you know, you, you come, especially on the bass. I think it's easier for uh, someone like me and a lot of bass players who, you know, multi-instrumentalist type of mentality. And I started out on piano. It's like the bass can feel limiting in certain ways, but sure. as soon as you kind of allow that to, to, be its own thing then it starts to open itself up so much more it's like well it's it's not limited it's just there's certain things that work really well um i'm you know you were talking with uh uh your guru dave and he's like you know why don't we just like get back to bit get back to the basics of it and i was like that is uh you know 
wise man he's a wise man yeah. but when you you know now when i'm playing bass you know we're writing new songs and working on things and before ed you know you know i hear it this way or like i want to try this a little more com complex and you know i know you wrote it this way but like that's not going to work that's boring it's like well play the bass and do the bass parts and then i can add things in over time and like work in little parts of it but you know there's no need to to you know recreate the wheel like it t turns you can maybe like hone certain sides of it or figure out a cool way or add like spikes on the outside if you're the kid in the wheelchair at the slayer show whatever yeah. you want to do but Dude, you know it, it just so cool if he had spikes that's what i was wheel. imagining just the whole Mad time max like wheelchair well i'm, I'm thinking de death, <laughs> death clock you know that plays yeah. like a, a yes. benefit <laughs> show so. oh my god yeah. no i agree with all of that and the bass is kind of funny that way because and i agree like i'm not saying it like feels limiting yes in certain ways when you start to want it to be something that it's not exactly exactly yeah. when you're trying to make it something else but there is there's other stuff you know and you doing your your own thing and me working i you know have a piano project i'm working on and my side project and you know those types of things and you know luke's just a classically chained bassist so he can do all that stuff either way um but you know i it's 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 freeing when you stop trying to prove and make it something that it's not. It's like, this is just what it is. And then let it kind of speak through you. And I think that's something that a lot of bases kind of have kind of below the surface, no matter who they are, if they're most complicated or most basic, you know, or just holding it down, they can be both be incredible, but both are, you know, we're just going with the flow. We're, we're, we're playing what, what should be played as we hear it. You know, we're, we're laying that, that down. And, um, I don't know. That's, it's been a cool journey. I'm with that. That's so awesome. That's so great. And you know, it's, it's also, you got to remember like as fancy as you want to get sometimes or as much as you want to innovate and as much as you want to be like, you know, that guy doing that cool thing or like, you know, the next Claypool or the next whoever doing something really like talk about like reinventing the wheel or something like that. You know, the, the fundamental purpose is to be the glue that holds it all yep. together, you know, and, that's so important and you got to do that sometimes. In fact, you should probably do that all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, instead of trying to be like, Oh shit. Like now I'm going to practice this crazy ass fucking thing. And then people are going to be like, damn, what is that? Like, that is crazy. Like, like. Well, and like, sometimes straying off is what, you know, is yeah. holding the glue together. Like something's got to shake it up and, you know, it's like with the whole pandemic quarantine thing, like the everything's burning, but then from the ashes, the Phoenix will arise. Like sometimes that's part of it too to recreate it but it you always kind of come back to like okay this is i mean the foundation like this is foundational and we get yeah. to be in a position in a band or you know a lot of composers are bass players or you know with that that type of thinking and so i've been able to more delve into it. it's like well let me really think of this from a bass perspective so that as i you know do more composition going forward i can i can understand what's going on here and then you know my natural ear of melody and you know just soloing type aspects that can come out when it's time to come out and you know just letting it letting it happen totally absolutely and remembering that there's no there's no right or wrong way to do any of this because it's art it's music it's yeah like well one one thing that that yeah. uh caught my ear again in the brief like one hour of research i did on you today before this <laughs> sounds thing. like a lot more than an hour dude don't you well, I, I, I got oh, yeah. it in i got it I in like that um, you know about her high school or college thesis and shit. I just how do you how do you have access to this information? That's you know, good. Uh, the, the leaf blower Fred, people. Fred interviews, man. The, leaf, the leaf blower people. You just put your ear up to the leaf blower and you hear all the secrets of the universe. It's yeah, all that's there. what they're covering. Yeah, exactly. Yep. 
Yep, it's the the out there. Um, but just the you know with writing stuff and one thing I really connected with was uh, you know when you're writing just being okay with this is like my final output you know not that it's your final output but like I have an idea but I can make it better I could do more to it it's like yeah well that's all well and good but just you know put this out and then work from there it's so easy to get lost in the I want to perfect this and make this better like do this and that and especially when I was left less confident, I had much a much harder time playing bass lines as they're written or writing a bass line for a song. I would just play it different every time. I was like, well, I can do it better. Right. And then I finally realized in order yeah. to make it better over time, you kind of lock in here, and, you know, add small parts. You know, I'm, I'm listening to our old albums, like trying to like, wow, like that was a cool idea I came up with. Let me like actually learn it and play that live instead of just fucking around every time. And sure. um, yeah, that, that definitely spoke to me. Um, as an artist feel, and... yeah. it's so interesting like yeah absolutely i forgot that i totally said that but it's so true like that is such a and i feel like people fall into that trope a lot of the time where you know you just kind of are like you know your own little genius perfectionist or whatever and you're just like you try and keep polishing this thing over and over and over which you which you should do to a certain extent but not if it inhibits you from producing stuff. right if you're never going to create it and then you know you then you get to tell yourself i know i've done this it's like oh well if i when i do finish it or when i get to that point it's going to be great and like you know I, I i got this but then you don't actually have anything to show for it because you're kind of continuing to try to tweak it and you have to put it out and be vulnerable you know you have to be heard in order to hear yourself and and make it better Totally. And I would suffer yeah. from that all the time. And like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to let your art speak for itself and it's hard to commit to things. And it's hard to be like, this you're is putting a part of yourself out there. It's like, I came up with this and you know, yeah. even though you're sort of tapping into something, it's, it's your, you're curating it. You know, this is what I feel and put out there. Now judge it. You know, totally. what's your vibe like in the studio, Karina? Cause like, you know, talking, we talk about this sometimes, like there's that constant need for, Oh, I could do this better. I could do another take like in the special world. Like we always bring up the, um, I think it was the James Brown quote where first take is God. Second take is man. And there's going to be, you're going to, your first take is going to be maybe the most organic, right. Or like true to the, like less analytical or less, you know, self-critical and things like that. Um, and especially as somebody who you play in a band, but you are a band leader as well. Right. So how does that concept kind of change for you? It, or do you just have like, I'm in the studio. I, I, I'm fucking Karina Reichman. I'm gonna play whatever the fuck I want. It's gonna be badass. Well, you know, I, since I was literally just in the studio like last week or the week before, just in terms of like this very last session, which was very fresh on the brain, you know, yeah. I, I'm not always a one take wonder, but I kind of was. I'm not cool. trying to do my own horn, but like I literally was like from- I'm trying to play my own bass here, but- uh... I'm not trying to play my own bass here. And I wasn't like, you know, on, on Elevator and Plants and like my prior tunes, like I definitely- Great tunes, by the way. I really, really enjoyed them. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thank you. But you know, I like, I'm not saying that that's just like a, a thing where like, oh yeah, I, wa I walk into the studio, lay it down and I'm good to go. Like that's not my vibe, but- for these two tunes, like we rehearsed a lot and like, you know, I mean, when I say a lot, pandemic a lot, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before it all, like we had this recording session in the books for March 16th. Like it was like good to go for, and then everything fell apart right then. That's the day. Yeah. I, I know that's the day it shut down. Cause I came yeah. off tour and my Aguilar amp was broken. It broke the Sunday before we finished and I sent it in on the 14th and it missed delivery at Aguilar on the 15th. And on the 16th, it went into limbo, like some basement of the Manhattan post office for like a month and a half. Yeah. And I just got a call this morning 
my amp is on its way home fixed. Yo! After this how, I get Well, because I, I, they sent it back to me, and I finally, then I moved here, then I had to find a box to, like, resend it in because the one I had wasn't working anymore. And But that's <laughs> right when it fell apart, and that's when you were bu uh, booked in the studio. So Exactly. And it was to do these two exact songs that we ended up doing two weeks ago or whatever and finishing today. And, uh, you know, I felt, I felt, you know, we've been playing these tunes for a while, been playing them live since last September, you know, like they'd been written and like good to go for a hot minute. And I like wanted them to be my next singles, you know? So yeah. I felt very committed to the parts, committed to the bass lines. Like I felt, I felt good about all of it. Um, but the funny thing about being a band leader on top of all this stuff, like my two fellas who I love so much, like my bandmates, they're, incredible musicians but they are very hard on themselves and much more at ease live than in the studio for the most sure. part and they would tell you this if they were here i'm not talking shit like they would be like yeah fuck those guys i get it <laughs> <laughs> but they you know both of them in their respective ways like you know would be like ah shit we got to do that one again we got to do it again ah can you punch me in can you punch me in? can you punch me in? let's just do the end again let's just do that blah 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 on one tune more than the other by the way but whatever but you know as the band leader, like I'm there being like, like you're hearing things that I'm not hearing. Like yeah. this is, that first take was magic. The second take was great too. Like you're good. You know what I mean? But you can't ever, that's another funny thing about music and egos and who you are and what you think about your output. And like, you want it to be perfect, but what is perfect? And yep. If it was kicked up a BPM, would that make you happier? No, it wouldn't. And if it was more precise, would that make you happier? Like, right. yes, but why and how, and are you gonna get there? And can we just call it the take? You know what I mean? And it's well, kind of your role as the band leader, right? You kind of have to be like, hey, that was good. Like there's always gonna be that level of, oh, I can do it a little bit better. Yeah. But, you know, you can, and do you kind of get a little bit of that from working with Marco for a while? And does he have like a vibe as a band leader that you've kind of like absorbed a bit of? Yeah, being super ultra chill. Like <laughs> yeah. super ultra chill and I'm kind of super ultra chill too, maybe to a yeah. fault, both of us, you know what I mean? Where I'm just like, wow, like, you guys are magic. Like you're fucking amazing at the drums and the guitar. Like you're making amazing stuff. Like it's good. Like it's, you know, and then, and then sometimes like you work yourself into a bit of a, a hole and you're like, ah, shit, I'm just not on right now or whatever. And I'm like, that's totally cool. I've been there too. Like, but it's right. hard. And like, yeah, as band leader, both, you know, whenever I, you know, record or play with Marco or whatever, like, he's always like, that's it, ma, that's it. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Isn't it? You know? <laughs> after a while you start to be like oh you know what if he's happy i'm happy and that's yeah. what you know my fellows too like you know after a certain amount of time you know of me being like guys like we got it it's in there when i go mix it you know yeah. we'll work out anything that isn't you know kosher or whatever and it's going to be great like it's awesome and i kind of am like good vibes patrol in the t like you know it's all it's important it's music, though. man it's, it's fucking great. awesome these guys are so talented you know what i yeah. mean it's all it's you know there's they're they're killing it and it's like you know that little voice in your head that everybody has i have it we all have it where you're just like shit like is that the best i can do it it's like sure. after a certain when, amount of time sure. you start to be like you know what that was fucking dope it was dope yeah. And but. you guys radiate that positivity and that energy that's important. It comes through. It's it's different than probably Big Daddy Trent in the studio, who like is like <laughs> bleeding on a piano. You know? like, <laughs> He's like, here, just one sec. Yeah. <laughs> 
I know I know I could do it better. Let me just crack myself in the head with this microphone and then that'll be the thing. Everyone has a process. Could you roll that back? Could you roll that back? Could you roll that back? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That that don't don't try it with that mic. That mic is like, yeah, I bet that mic is heavier than 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 mine. It's a heavy mic. It's a totally it's a heavy mic, yeah. yeah but either everybody's got the process and all that stuff i feel like you know and i'm not i'm not like you know miss one take wonder over here but i felt definitely confident in the parts that i had written even the improvised stuff like i was like this is this is and it's you know you guys know trying to like write jam sessions in the studio if you know what i mean like trying to capture that lightning in a bottle but not making it it's yeah it's it's a whole thing and it's long you know like that's complicated and like yeah i'm sure you guys are more than familiar with that there's a lot of trust trust built into that part too it's like we've done this live enough like it's gonna work in a condensed fashion and it's hard because you can always kind of re-record over and you can do as many takes as you want and sometimes that can just take you further and further away from where you need to go or sometimes on the 26th take, I remember on our last album, you know, we just like at the very end of my last uh, tracking, uh, me and Steve, who actually owns a pig, pig as well. Shout out to pigs and pig. to pigs. Um, <laughs> uh, we would just like, you know, hit it uh, this like last fill and we just kept going and it kept getting kind of a little cooler and more intricate. So we were like in a good vibe. We're like, let's just keep hitting it until we go. And one of the last ones, we ended up copying that for the fill for the across the entire song. And it just worked really well. And, you know, you can kind of tell when you're building up to it versus when you're just kind of getting further away from it. It's it's a, a, True. a just a, a thing you just start to understand. And I guess as the band leader, too, you can be like, no, we got it. Like, it's not getting more there. It's getting yeah. less, you know, concise. So, And it, oh. it, it's, it's an exciting thing to, uh, you know, learn the instrument of a live show and then learn the instrument of a studio like it's a complete it's a not completely but it's a different thing to kind of figure out and what you're doing and why you're doing it and uh you know i always find listening back to it's like man i a lot of fret noise and a lot of you know stuff like garbage in there but then when you play live you're you're not hearing any of that because it's all the systems are just taking care of it but in the studio like you have to be very under a microscope yeah, exactly. It's just really hard, and that's a tough. It's it is a complete. I agree. It's such a different instrument in a lot of ways, and it's just like a whole other configuration. And uh, you know, it's it's cool. Like some bands are more attuned to that, and some bands are more attuned to the live thing. And you know, we come from jam sphere, if you will. So like taking our live thing and trying to like make it kind of packaged in like a digestible four minute and 20 second long track is like, uh, uh, you know, it's, you gotta, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to do and we're just trying to do it. So I hope, I hope it comes out. All right. So uh, I'm it. excited to hear him. Is there a date, a release date or anything that we can let people not, know? Not yet. You see, I get the masters. Honestly, I should be getting all the right. masters tonight and then going to go through the whole, you know, rigmarole of releasing. Rigmarole. Them. Wow. Good vocab rigmarole. today, Karina. Thank you. Rigmarole is a fucking good word. Yeah. You like that? Oh, yeah. You guys are great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no. Yeah. We're, yeah. About a month from now, let's say. I think, uh, okay, cool. yeah, a good like three and a half, four weeks from, from when you get the master. And I'll put in the system, do all the stupid shit you have to do because I don't have a manager who does it for me. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, but that's so exciting. Get, getting your master's back. That's like Christmas. That's, that's it is. I'm so excited. I'm excited. Yeah. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun thing i'm excited i just want to put out more music and fucking be in in sound school do you get a master's degree how does that work 
sound school. You get you get a master's degree. Sound Did I go school. to sound school? I went to weird. I went to NYU, man. I don't even know. I they uh, have a sound program. At it, NYU. it wasn't. I I studied like the like music business and creation merged into cool. one. Uh, yeah, I went to the School of Individualized Study called Gallatin at NYU, and my my thesis was called Invention and Distribution in Contemporary Music. But what was your question? Sorry. Oh, no, I was just making a terrible pun about master's. You know, master's degree. Oh! <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that went over my head, too. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> no, I didn't catch it. You know, I think I'm clever, but I'm not uh, You know, clever, no, under the radar, under the radar. No, I like that. Go ben comes help. in with those little sneaky, those little sneaky ones that you got to kind of, like, pick out. Oh, I, I see what you You know, when you there. said, like, what are you without, you know, playing bass? Like, what is Karina? I'm just a pun-generating machine. That's, that's how I exist, and I'm cool with it. I like that. I think somehow my fiance is cool with it too, and uh, that's kind of how I won her over. It was Sunday Pun Day, actually, after me and Luke had the idea for <laughs> this right. Back to Basics at yeah. Woodhenge. Oh man, we were hanging yeah. out. Like you had uh, left the night before. I still have uh, yeah. y'all's tambourine, by the way. Oh, uh, that you the left, hell, man. There. We've been looking for that for years, dude. It's mine now. That's it's it's gone. I'll, I'll re return it bell by bell. I'll send it to you like, like no, a that's, finger. That's yours. Um, I'm having a blast here just shooting the shit with you, Karina, but I, you're, you're a busy person. I'm sure you got places to be. I just have one more question for you um, pertaining to your badass custom bass. Oh, um, just, look, here it yeah, is. Can, can, is. We, can we take a look at her? Yes. Yeah, 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 let's Google. <laughs> Swivel over to it. Don't mind me. <laughs> Swivel on back to it, yeah. So allow me to uh, – here, hold on, hold on. Yeah. That is such – I the white and gold it's, is so badass oh, and beautiful. unique. Yeah. Wow. It's so fresh. And you see the KR on the 12th fret? Ah. Yeah, yeah. Screenshotted that. Yeah. Oof. Wow, with the yeah, gold beautiful. tuning pegs. Gold everything. I love gold. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um Zeke Guitars, right? That that made that. Exactly. He's a lovely gentleman. Zeke Guitars, fresh out of uh, New Hope, Pennsylvania, home of Ween. He's built oh, cool. stuff for Dave Drywitz and for Diener, and uh, Diener being Dean Ween, for those who don't speak my strange language. And, uh, <laughs> the language of Ween. <laughs> sometimes I get confused in the language of Ween. I feel like an outsider sometimes in that that's world. Okay. So thank you for the clarification. <laughs> no problem. I think that's I kind of the, the way that Ween I, is. I think that's, once... that's, what you, that's par for the course with Ween. Outside though. is inside <laughs> with them. Yeah, that's right. true. I didn't want this to be another thing where I told you, uh, you know, the name of my thesis. And uh, you know, you, uh, anyway. But that's such a cool fucking name. Invention and distribution in the modern. In contemporary music, that's close. That was already really good. Wow. It's very cool. Great concept. You it's college all, kids. Ah, <laughs> it's all great. You know, it's all great. But yeah, the bass is fucking dope, right? Yeah. I and this guy, you know, he's like a sixth generation woodworker. His dad was a woodworker. His dad's dad was a woodworker. And normally he builds like cabinets. Oh wow. And like cool ass like shit in people's houses you know what yeah, i mean it's like yeah. custom built to their specs but then he's like a huge music fan loves ween is friends with those guys and you know by one separation uh one degree of separation through <laughs> ween and drywitz and me and the whole nine like he just found his way to me and he just said karina if you could have your dream base what would it be and i was like whoa that's fucking cool, bro. Let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, so did you model it, like, after anything specifically? Were you, yeah. like, what was your kind of idea there? Well, I, you know, I I had this 78 P bass, which, like, for years was my Marco bass. That was, right. like, when I joined the Marco band, like, before that, I literally just had uh, 
again, a metalhead, me, rock chick, I have uh, a fucking, what do you call it? A Rickenbacker. Oh, hell yeah. Like, you know. Getty Lee style. Getty Lee Rick. Yeah, exactly. Because that was my shit. And I was like, oh, perfect. But like, I played, you know, in like rock and like heavy bands that didn't need like that low like yeah and you got the pick sound right for that hardcore punk metal kind of vibe yeah a lot of that so like that wasn't really working great in the whole marco sphere and like you know thankfully yeah the the world i was about to step into suddenly in some way so i got this fender 78 fucking awesome bought it with dave drywitz himself we went shopping we hit all the shops and then we found it. And I was like, yeah. And like took the black pick guard off of it and put a gold pick guard on it. Cause I Ooh, love gold. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I love that bass. That bass is fucking awesome, but it's so heavy and was destroying my poor thin frame. Like I was dying after totally. every show. I was like, Oh God, I'm crippled. I'm fucked. Like, and if I didn't stretch before and after every gig, it was like a problem, you know, oh, those big ass old school bases, they Dude. are heavy as that. My, yeah, I, I have a custom boy here, and it's light as fuck, like short-scale, light wood. That's and, it. And it's like, every it, it makes such a big difference every it's night. It's really a like, thing, you right? Be, yeah, it's a big thing. I, I'm not, like, a big guy either, so, like, it, it wears on you. I mean, you're standing, you're playing with energy, or, you know what I mean? Like, you, totally. you don't want to be battling. No, exactly. So I was like, you know, I spent a good three years touring with that bass as my only bass, really, and just, like, kind of you know, putting miles and age yeah. on my spine. And I was like, this is not great. And that guy reached out just in time. And I just said, oh. I basically want a lighter, shorter scale version of my P base. And cool. my P base, like, it's kind of like, I think it's supposed to be white, but it's gotten aged. So it looks a little creamy. Yeah, and I was like, we need it white, white. And I was yeah, like, yeah. shiny. Yeah. So, and then I was like, of course, everything that can be gold must be gold, including the frets. <laughs> Tuning pegs, the knobs, the whole nine. Um, and it it's killer, man. I really love it. It's just easy to play. It's shorter scale just by a tiny little bit. But what's the do you know the scale of it offhand? I wish I did offhand. No, I gotta look sure, that up. Yeah. I'll I'll but, DM it to you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm just because mine is like I'd never really experimented with short scale bases before either. And this one is thirty-two, like I usually play thirty-four. And this guy, this is actually he apprenticed under Carl Thompson, who made the Les Claypool basses. Killer. Um, yeah, so I got to meet him and um, shout out MBJ Guitars, Joey Cruz. He's become a homie. I love working with him. And his bass is just all about balance. You know, like you put it on your. I went, I got to go to Carl's shop a couple of years ago and meet him, and he like gave me this Carl Thompson like right off the workbench, and he's like, you know, put it on your leg, and he like moves your my hands up, and he's like, see. <laughs> he was like chilling with Yoda with Carl Thompson, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but that balance and that comfortability, right? That physical aspect with the bass is, is so important too. So that makes a lot of sense that that would be kind of your main, you, you, you got to be comfortable to rock the fuck out, right? Totally. And I was, you know, we were playing two plus hour shows a night, like yeah. whatever. And I was jumping around like a lunatic every night. And just like, you know, after the shows, I would be like, oh, Jesus. And then after a tour, I would come out like, lopsided and all fucked up and i'm i'm too young for that shit fellas yeah. i'm too young for it yeah. so we needed, to, we needed yeah. to have a hard reset over here and yeah stars man do, do it now before you know what i mean like 10 years down the road and you can't like wait get up in the morning like totally yeah. i can't be crippled because of the fucking no. rocking dude it's not <laughs> right. you can't have that so you know switch to and on it and you know whatever i feel like that everything you do like any repetitive stress bullshit like it's gonna fuck you up a little bit yeah a little bit but 
this helps. This definitely yeah. helps. So, yeah, I had cool. a, that, uh, that's super interesting to hear that uh, background. Yeah, very cool base. Thanks for that. Thank you. There. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I had a lighter one, and I switched to the five-string, which was definitely heavier. And you guys are making me think about getting getting my own my own personal one. It must be really yeah. cool to have one that was made for you and with you in mind, and uh, you know, adds that element to it. Uh, instruments and basses are like they're Harry Potter wands. You know, you have the unicorn tail in there, or whatever, and your gold and, and everything to to have the. Do you have a unicorn tail in your screen now? Was that a hint of unicorn gold I could see there? Yeah. Or was that it's under actually if you like turn around it's not an active base but there is like the little where like where the battery would go there's a unicorn tail in there yeah that makes sense uh, so and like the gold maybe a little shaved off of a unicorn horn that's good gold that's great yeah. it's great it's great it really holds up it adds a little bit of uh pep in my step you know yeah. it's great it's good stuff yeah, that, wow. that explains you know the unicorns have one horn you only had to do one take for each track you know so yo remember what i we said one take right at <laughs> me Right. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> and so these new tracks, obviously, this is your base, right? This yes. is, yeah, cool. Oh, great. Well, I can't wait to hear them. Thanks. Yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, somewhere along the line, I, I got this uh, as a gift, actually, very, very kind gift. I got a Mustang, a 69 Mustang. Oh, yeah. Which is super sick. And, like, that yeah. guy is, you know, shorter scale sounds fucking awesome but the thing that's a little fucked up about it like you were saying the balance of it just physically like the the neck is so much heavier than the body that if you have it on it's just like yeah. you know kind of yeah. lopsided which is all good but yeah. uh that that is a very good studio instrument as well yeah. so and yeah, I did, you, you don't have to play it for two hours you can like get it out take a take and then put it back and you don't have exactly. to fucking wear it for two hours yeah totally and you can do it seated like not that i necessarily condone doing that because i feel like you don't get as much uh you know oomph or something like that i don't know oh, i okay. feel like well eh, you know do, do you, whatever you, you do, are you jumping around and rocking out in the studio on these i'm tracks? like yo what no. <laughs> like jumping on the mixing board like head banging they're like yo damn <laughs> actually all bullshit aside i think i sat for most of the time <laughs> <laughs> But don't tell anybody. Don't tell. Uh, we, we try to keep up. This the goes out to no trust. Trust us. We we have very few listeners. <laughs> we appreciate each one of one of every one of you. We well, they're gonna miss one. out if they miss this episode. Let me tell you, yeah. they're just missing out on. Oh, well, I'll have Rafa Rafa on it. She'll take she's care gonna, of it. She's gonna kill it. She's gonna yeah. kill yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, that, this has been awesome, Karina. Ben, yeah, I've really enjoyed this a lot. But yeah, so cool to hang and get to actually meet you as a, as a fan for a while too. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for being our base bud. Hey, yeah. we're base buds it. now. It's an, you're part of a, a very special inner circle with us now. It's really a beautiful thing. And you guys don't hesitate to reach out. You know yeah, absolutely. Say, I'm definitely going to con uh, connect with you more about questions that I have coming up and uh, just yeah. you know ideas and sharing horror stories about Marco with Jeremy and things like that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, right. get, we'll get it all in there. Yo, that guy was out of hand in the yeah. art <laughs> transport vehicle. That guy was out of hand. And that dude. gold unicorn he was with? I don't know what, what I was on. but <laughs> was, you know, Those guys are not right, man. They're not right. <laughs> like, again, I know. Yeah, because as touring musicians, we've never had a night of tequila. That's uh, <laughs> right, Luke, we didn't do that last time we played in Buffalo I don't Buffalo think there was any tequila no, None of that. None of, well, by the end, there wasn't. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> by it. the end of the night, hey, there was no left. Yeah, no. Yep. Totally. Well, yeah, if you see if you see Jeremy before I do, which you probably will, but you know, I feel like I've never really 
talk that whole night out with him. But you know, don't shut up about it. You'd be like, these guys, they were just, they were on it, and like they were riffing back and forth. It was like being inside of a a stand-up comedy special on Netflix with like you know the Tweedledee and and uh, and Marco B. You know, it was uh... (laughs) exactly, exactly, just like some real twisted stuff, man. I don't even know. Uh, he, he, He remembers that day fondly. He tells about it a lot. Yeah, we'll, we'll okay. have to edit in his perspective. Of the- yeah. <laughs> well, hey guys, yeah. Yeah, cool. can you yeah. add him like down here in fourth yeah. corner? <laughs> yeah. You know, like Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But you know, he and Greg bum rushed, and when I say bum rushed, I mean we're delightfully invited <laughs> and crushed. The uh, I had this jam room on Jam Cruise or whatever. Yeah, I stopped Back by that before time. Remember the before time when we I had do. stuff? I do. Back when I would go on a cruise, and now I will never go again because I don't want to get stuck. Never, never again. Oh that was my it. God, yeah. That was last month. It was fun though. Ghost Note killed their uh, Super Jam too. Everyone's jam was amazing. So fun. So yeah. fun. And yeah, so like, you know, I feel like we stayed up very late drinking tequila. Us, didn't we? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not quite sure what happened that night, but that was fun. You were on a boat, so it's all, you know. Who it's knows? Surrounded by the buffer of water. No leaf blowers in sight, so everything is, is up. up Rates only. Rates. They, they never let me on Jam Cruise. I show up every year. And I'm like, yeah, I played in the base. And they're like, dude, not, no, we told you last year. Like, I'm always, I, I wave goodbye to the boat. And um, you're yeah. true. Is that true? You're no, lying. <laughs> no, but I've always wanted to sneak on Jam Cruise. I mean, get it, playing would be cool, but I don't know. I kind of want to just like pop out of somebody's luggage one day. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to start playing stand up bass just so I can pretend to bring it on and I'll just shove you in the case. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ben. I'm I'm sorry to see you, but I'm your plus one on the next jam cruise. That's I mean, fine. We yeah. we uh we just got engaged before this last one, and this was like our engagement honeymoon, and it was uh, pretty magical. So yeah, you're totally awesome. on for next year. We're, okay, we're good. good. So she's had that. Yeah, we can have this. We Great. got it in. We're good. We're good to go. I, I love seeing a plan unfold. A nice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This time next it's year. It's a blossoming bromance. Kurt. And you know who my and you know who I'm the plus one for is Billy. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so it's all, we're going to just keep tagging along. Each person exactly. gets a plus one for their plus one. You guys will make beautiful bird calls together. In, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, like I that. love when Billy does the bird calls. Oh, He's my so God, amazing. yeah. You're just like, we, wow. Have you ever checked out any of his, like, stridulation performances with his percussion ensembles? Yes. Or anything? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, I've seen him do a number of really bizarre things, for sure, yeah. that are, like, amazing. <laughs> And we played in Japan uh, in November of last year at this crazy wow. festival called that. It's called the Fru F R U E Fest, but it translates to Shaking of the Brain. And uh, and like <laughs> it was us and a bunch of people you probably have never heard of, and Billy Martin doing like something where he conducted a bunch of people into yeah. dissonance and harmony all at the same time. Wow! And like so it was cool. kind of similar to like all those you know, those performances. It was, anyway, it was nuts. A lot of bird uh, calls. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Dan, def- I could, I could keep, we could just keep going. I could just, I have so many other um, interesting things, but. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to have to have you back at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, fellas. Thank you for having me. This yeah, is thank you so fun. much. I thank love it. Thank you so much, Karina. We'll be in touch. Don't thank be a stranger. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> All right, see ya. Okay, bye, Karina. Bye, guys. Take thank care. You. Thank you. Hell yeah. All right. That was Arena dope, man. Reichman. That was even more fun than I anticipated. I, I, yeah, I was a little nervous this morning. I was just like, ah, you know, I mean, she's younger and like she's, we're, you know, we're both, we're all in the scene and everything, but yeah. we've known some of the other people, even, even Mark Brownstein I've talked to and like hung sure, out that with. That was the first time actually like talking to Karina. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, yeah. it felt very natural. And again, part yeah. of what, what the joy of this is, you know, we're eventually hoping to get some merch and, you know, get 
yeah. uh, sponsors or whatever and make this a thing where we literally have to put out more episodes for all of our adoring fans yes. or a fan or whoever, you know, Tony High, whoever else out there. Um, but yeah, so that we're, we're doing it more often, but the, the real joy of this is connecting with other bassists and, totally. you know, we're a, a, a certain type of, of breed of, of musician where, you know, we're all very friendly and open, but you can kind of keep to ourselves a little bit and to, sure. to, to bring this in and, and, and bring people together and, you know, talking about Les Claypool with his like stylistic approach and yeah. in life and in general, it's, uh, you know, we all try to do things a little differently. I feel, even if we're following along a path, it's like just our own interpretation and to, to kind of compare notes is a, is a really special thing to be able to do. Yeah, it really is so interesting. And obviously <clears throat> it's a base podcast, but we use that as our foundation and with every pun intended. And, um, <laughs> but it, it is just such an interesting, it's just interesting to hear other bases perspective on music and life and everything. And yep. for somebody like Karina, that's young, but has accomplished so much and has played with so many um next level musicians um and just to hear her perspective and she's so humble and just cool and down to earth yeah um yeah it, it really is it, it really is fucking cool to be able to get to know other bases on a more personal level so and i hope it's fun for the for um our listeners to be able to get that little window in yeah I mean, and i some really interesting stories there. in all seriousness i'm gonna reach out to rafi and see if she wants to help out or at least just give me advice um yeah, i think this is the week I, I try to start working on you know i have things set up i actually ran my 200-foot Ethernet cable from the basement up here so that my Wi-Fi nice. could be next to my computer oh, where it's fastest. Yeah. I've learned a lot about Internet speed tests while setting yeah. up this house. And, uh, oh, good for you. Interesting yeah, where you are here yeah. versus there, you know, where things pick up and they let down. I have a repeater, and I'm all, all adulty and stuff. It's cool. Great. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while, and now it's great to get back in the saddle here. So yeah. let's, um, let's get this pod out any way we can. Yeah, and That's I'm going to – I'm going to start reaching out just to people I see on like Instagram. Uh, there's this guy, Gordon, something or other, and just like send messages to kind of connect. Be like, hey, we have this thing, and just yeah. see if they're interested. And even if it's a initial reach out and then six months later we connect with them, I think that's helpful. So if there's people that even reach people, you know, maybe we, for something like Les Claypool, we wait until we put something together. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to kind of start, start talking to people. And I was thinking, um, you know, we should try to get one in next week if we can. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, <clears throat> um, let's. Um, yeah, let, let's. Let's. How was your? Uh, have we talked since you did your drive-in? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, How'd that go? Because now we got a couple coming up. I I saw. I saw. Yeah, it was cool, man. You know, it was kind of like a test run. It was like a no-pressure situation. Um, it was in Lake George. Um, it was like a private Beautiful event. Spot. Yeah, Lake George is the best. Um, it was kind of near like where the Adirondack Festival was. Um, but it was more of like a private. They're they're doing more events there now, but this was different. This is almost like a trial run. And we were into it because we've had a lot of offers for drive-ins and we've been playing it pretty cautiously and kind sure. of waiting to, to test the waters and see how it goes before we commit to anything. But this was one we felt really good about from the jump, um, just with their production team. We knew them and Dave Eamon and those guys and they do it yeah. proper. And they really did. And, and it was kind of cool to not even have, like we weren't allowed to promote it on Facebook through our socials, like in our specialist Facebook group and with like email private lists. So there was kind of that element of yeah cool there's less pressure and let's just see how it goes um and it was really cool um i gotta say it was they the, everyone seemed to be pretty good about the social distancing you know at the end of the night maybe more people were getting out of their cars and kind of walking around but there was a, you know people had their masks on just talking to patients people felt safe and able to bring their children there yeah um, so that was cool to see and they you know the, from a production standpoint they had like the two screens so people in the, further in the back of, in this big field could see it it was done with like either there was FM transmitters, but there was also these small speakers, these thin like little line speakers. Oh, I've seen so, those. They're actually pretty pretty badass. They're very cool, and they're 
yeah, whoever invented that shit is doing really well in this new like age of drive-ins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, it, it was it was interesting to test the water. It just felt really good to play music um, for our fans and be able to see people and like we brought a bunch of just random merch that we had like not in our merch shop in Vermont. We have our online store set up now, so we've been shipping stuff out. But everything we brought, we sold out of. Nice. Um, That's so awesome. It, it's really yeah, good to it, hear. Yeah, it was cool. So, you know, we're, we're seeing what's next. We have some other options for drive-ins. Um, I'll, you know, I'll let everyone know, like, here on the podcast when we lock it in. But, you know, we're, we're still – we've got some conversations started, but we're waiting to see how things go. So, yeah, I was curious to ask you. Pigeons has three coming up now, right? Yep. You guys have got Philly, Cape Cod, and Auburn, New York? Yeah, the, the one in Cape Cod is, like, technically in Yarmouth, I guess. Or... Yeah, Yarmouth, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know much about that hoity-toity white world, but, uh, <laughs> you know, coming from inner city Baltimore. Yeah, um, Cape, baby. Lobster yeah, uh, yeah. We got two shows there. One in Auburn, so upstate New York, and then the one in Philly. And um, yeah, I'm excited to to get back out there and play. And I, you know, I feel like some of the training I've been doing and working on teaching and learning at home, um, it's been translating in practice. I've been feeling a lot better, more confident to like cool. sit back and do what I need to do when I do it, and then yeah. push out and do you know do other things later. And yeah. um, there's other elements I have. I'm not gonna yet add to our touring aspect but um it's gonna be nice to just kind of get back in with what what we've been doing and you know see where it comes we're recording uh uh a couple of things to have um for like festivals for streaming i believe as well coming up Mm. um but yeah it's just been it's been really good to kind of both low pressure be getting back together with the guys and jamming without an event coming up or coming right off tour or going into tour. Right. It kind of reminds me of the old days of when we would just get together and just write music. And, yeah. you know, even when we had uh, Dan, our old drummer, like we've done that with Alex when th- we've had downtime, but since he started joining, we've been touring the whole time. So yeah. it's like, we're having this opportunity to, yes, we have shows coming up and we're trying to write songs and like work, work on things for that. But, you know, practice once or twice a week with, not not no expectations because we want to work and develop and we're sending music across uh, logic with each other and cool. trying to hone in but it's just a really cool time to to take a step back in order to like take a step forward you know and there's a kind of it, it's kind of like just falling in love with like why you started the band to it, begin exactly with. <laughs> like what what works so well about it is kind of what comes through and you know it's hard especially uh you know at our we've been adding more people in so we have these other elements that are yeah you know, rightfully so, they're seeing a different perspective than what we have, so they might, you know, notice that I might have been getting more jaded or that someone else is more of an, you know, space cadet. That's obvious, but, like, it comes into play more, so we have this other energy coming in, and now it's just the four of us again, and our crew and our team is incredible, but I feel like tightening up the core four, then when we get back out there, it's just going to kind of, everything is going to feel a lot smoother, and, you know, we'll find out firsthand, but... I know I'm in a much better place personally, and uh, I'm excited to get out there and obviously want to be safe. And my big concern was making sure that it's well staffed for security purposes. I don't want anyone going there thinking they're going to be safe and then not being safe. You know, I heard about something in Ohio where it just wasn't uh, organized that well. And then things got bad. My friend, who's a videographer, was there and he was like pissed off and he had to be like the bad guy being like, What the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. This isn't okay, and I don't want anyone to feel that way from staff to audience. And, you know, right. I did the very advisable thing in our position where I started reading Facebook comments about something and getting all of the comments and being like, oh, this is this is going to go great. This will be a very good thing to do for my me- mental health and you know, making me feel good about it. 
And sure enough. Yeah, that, that's what Facebook does. Makes yeah. you just feel good. Mentally. Yeah, it's a real feel good. It's like, yeah, like, lunatic. Real nice refresher. Yeah, yeah Facebook, but, um, Facebook has been a real joy lately. But, you know, I'm, I'm just reading people's comments about, like, oh, well, this is going to suck or that's going to suck. It's like, dude, then, then don't come. Like, we're yeah. making this safe so that we can keep doing it in the future. We hope it's financially viable. We hope it works out for us and for yeah. others. It is maybe a little more expensive than some shows. It's not honestly that much more with everything considered. But it's and a new you, fucking world. And so if you I can't afford it, with if it you, or don't. It's like, yeah, or, or just, you know, if you want to take that risk, then do it. If you want to wait to see what happens and do it, like, it's all good. Like, we're going to do it. We're going to have a good time. If there's you know, five people there will play a badass show. If there's 500 people there, will play a badass show, and everyone's gonna be safe is the most important part. And and we'll see what happens. And, it's uh, all you can do, man. It's you can take all the you know, make sure that the precautions are in place. You want to feel good about it going up to it. Do the best job you can there. You hope yep. that the patrons and the fans do that. Uh, the internet is just bored people being angry. Exactly, and, and, and that's let, what and you know. Just, I, let I knew that. that. I knew that going <laughs> into it, but it still it, it felt good to kind of like see that and just be like, you know what? kindly fuck right off you know i didn't comment more than you know so at nah, one point i popped in and like said one thing which is like yeah I, I like when people are just really shit talking someone and i pop in and be like hey um i exist as a human yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. up yeah. <laughs> i'm here i'm I, some some people sometimes people see that and but some people what, don't man? care some people do yeah. but and, and and you know it's we're starting to kind of see some of the, the psychological effects yeah of this quarantine and it's pretty ugly and pretty depressing what to see how people are treating each other and this lack of empathy and compassion that on Facebook. And there's been a lot of really ugly shit and it sucks. And I hate to be such a fucking downer right now after we just had like a really positive, great. Yeah. I'm about to post on Facebook about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, going to write right there. Right. So Luke is talking about a negative. <laughs> everyone is on Facebook. Fuck him. Yeah, Let's people, cancel him. Yeah. They, oh yeah, please. Yeah. Cancel me. Yeah. I'd love to delete my fucking Facebook account. Yep, I've like told my management team, I'm like, everybody else can do the Facebook now. It's like, I am not going to do it. Uh, well, that's the other thing, uh, <laughs> you know, with the drive-in shows too, it's like, when we're younger and, and, and more doing it ourselves and you, you have to, when you're, when you're starting out, like run a lot of the stuff and sure. figure out how the shows are going to work and this and that. But you know, at the level currently where I'm at with pigeons, I can trust things, you know, Greg's on a lot of the stuff with Dave and Jeremy and they talk about it and I get involved. You guys are I all can. super fucking hands on with everything. Yeah, but it's love, also yeah. like the point should be that when we get up there, we just get to focus on the music and that's what yeah. everything works towards. And I think we're, in recent years, we've gotten closer to that. Yeah. You know, they're still doing everything with Dome Fest and things like that, so that takes up a lot of time. But I'm really looking forward to the drive-ins. Like, there's people, you know, we've talked about what we expect and what we want, and there's people to do that, and we can just go set up and play and don't have to really worry about that as much. And and you guys have gotten now to to that point a little bit, you know, right, where you've been able to get together and play. And I mean, that's like the, <clears throat> the traditional role of management is supposed to take that weight off the musicians so they can focus yeah. on the music. But no matter what, I mean, you know, we're we're not at the same level of pigeons, and we're all, and, but we're involved with it. We have people to help us. But I mean, and I'm also just kind of a control freak. I kind of want right. to have a say in how our mu our art and music is put out there and all that. But taking a step back from social media and promoting shows like especially in the first few weeks of quarantine was really positive like for my yep. mental health and i could feel that and yep. and we've been able to get together and, and like we've talked about the podcast we've been getting together for you know for, we had a few weeks quarantine back from colorado but then we were careful but the three of us have been getting together regularly and um in the same sense i mean just writing again we've been writing more yeah um we some of the projects uh, that i had mentioned to you that i guess i can kind of say now is that we, I can't say exactly what it is or when it's happening, but we nailed down a record contract. And so we're going to be releasing a new album in uh, 2020, the year of our Lord. Um, but the so, year of our pandemic, 2020. Yeah. yeah. 
but so that's been really cool. And that's just, like, really cool. I'm excited yeah, to hear it's that. It's been exciting to just write and just finish all these other projects. But the thing that's been really exciting and fun is that we've been working on a film score for Vice. Wow. Yeah. And it's so it's not 100% confirmed that it's going to be a part of this series on Vice. But we have a lot of music and we've been working on it with a director friend of mine, um, Alex Megaro. He's a documentary filmmaker that I was I, we were actually sweet mates in Long Island University. He was a film major. And so we've all we I, I mentioned him on the podcast once we did a short song called Spooky Cabin for a movie he made. And so we've always just been in touch. And I've kind of always hoped that he would hit us up and tap us for a project. But he hit me up and we had this long conversation where he's doing a found footage documentary for Vice. And in the same, you know, he's like, the film industry is ravaged. He would go and be showing his documentaries at festivals, but there's no festivals anymore. So we were both kind of got to share in that, yeah, no more festivals this summer. So let's just create art. So he's making all these found footage documentaries and Vice loves it because they don't have to pay a production fee. These guys scour the internet and every episode is a different theme, really interesting stuff. And the one that, so he hit us up and said, you know, would you be interested in potentially working on this project? And I was like, we would love to. It's always been a dream of mine to work on film scoring. And so we're working on this episode that's on the Australian bushfires. Cool. Um, so it's visually so intense. That's when the world was falling apart before the world fell apart. Exactly. And I mean, people think like uh, there was apocalyptic vibes, like, you know, going to stop and shop in New England during pandemic. Like, nah, <laughs> like check out Australia in the bushfires. I mean, like we we there's like um health and rescue footage there's air, there's like military footage of planes dropping the chemicals to put out the flames um so you know he you know the the vibe is all like very dark tense apocalyptic and pardon wild. for the the levity in all this seriousness but yo that shit's fire dude th- that's yeah i mean this shit is fire um yeah it's been really fucking cool experience and whatever happens with um you know i are the director is so happy with it but it has to get that vice approval sure and so no matter what happens if it gets approved or not it's still been such a cool interesting project and we you started a- along a path of you know exactly. something that i've i know you've dreamed about and i've dreamed about too is, is yeah. writing more for that uh, absolutely really cool yeah and we have now enough music to put out like an, another album or ep if we want and i think we're gonna and we're gonna do something with all this music um, yeah. just because we have I've, it and it's just such a different way to write i've had it's an idea cool. especially in this time doing it like podcast release style where once a week or once a month it's like the new song will be coming out and you know we pigeons isn't at that point yet maybe schwa can get that at that point we're actually uh, i just had the idea yesterday on my bike ride while listening to the andy frasco podcast which starts with ryan stasic who'd be another great guest to have yeah i'd love to have um, him that was a nice little interesting talk but his uh, doom flamingo a friend put out a comic book about them and i was thinking oh, oh I, saw, I, I check I, I saw somebody my, my homie ross is i love doom flamingo but i yeah. saw them sharing some really cool animation thing yeah yeah i want to you know me and owen were talking about you know what is schwa and like how do we show we're doing like videos like infomercial style of like yeah you know this is have you ever gone to a show and felt like this black and white you know it's like beer right. spilling on you well come to a schwa show and then it's still beer spilling on you but you're having a good time or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah i like that um but then adding in like a comic book style thing too so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of uh room and schwa's gonna you know we aren't anywhere close to this yet but uh after home fest people are like where can i get your music i'm like yeah. cool we're putting out an ep this summer check it out and owen yeah. sees it he's watching the stream he's like so apparently we're putting out an ep this summer <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah well, what uh, ep yeah. is that so we, we talked about summer ends September 21st at midnight, so we have till then to put out an EP. So Good deadline. Kind of locked, locked it in there. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's a cool time to, uh, to be working with stuff. I'm loving yeah. the space. I, ha- I, had to get, I got to get curtains because right now I just put this painting in front of yeah. my window because it was causing light. 
Eh, it's and doing the job. It's blocking the AC too, so I'm ah. sitting here schwitzing. You're hot right um, now. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have this space develop and work more on music and uh, and put things together. But in the yeah, meantime, man. I gotta pee. Yeah, and uh, I gotta get ready for a lesson. But dude, it's been great to touch base, get back to basics a little bit here today. Feels good. Let's touch touch him. Yep. Yeah. And we got to uh, let's try. Are you plugged in? You want to try another uh, yeah, episode figure. of us figuring out our um, yeah, theme song? It's just going to be an ongoing process where yep. we figure out what the sound is. Yeah. I, I should be all good to go. Can you I, ha I had this locked in my loop pedal. So mm -hmm. This could also be part of it too. Let's see. Can you hear me? Do I have volume? Yeah. You have volume, sir, both in in an illustrious nature and a volumetric manner, sir. Oh, and now my hair. Wait, can I show you my haircut before we end? No. I got a haircut yesterday. Show me. Okay. It's short. I don't know what it's got. I like got oh. out of the shower with my hat on, but. Look at that. Yeah, I guess that's the look. You look like the doll, that red-haired doll thing from uh, Sesame Street. Wow, I, I wasn't like, to look like that, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> good thing you didn't take your hat off and show that to Karina. You might have. Uh... I think she would have left. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I didn't know you looked like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, I'm out of here. Done. Podcast right. over. Ready? All right. Um, yeah. So here we and uh, so I'll go first. I'm Ben, and I'm Luke, and this is. Back, Back to, to basics. basics. What? What was that? That actually was a. Uh... <laughs> was fire, dude. <laughs> um, I. I at when I was back at my my place, I put together. Uh, I saw Eli playing um, "Changes" by Tupac, nice. and so I put it together on my loop pedal, and I loved it so much. I, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I played. I haven't deleted it from my loop pedal yet, so I I haven't been able to yes. to loop because it's great. But it's just the. Uh... Let me hear it. Oh yeah, dude, that's fire. So here's our this is our theme song, but then. Courtesy of my friend Luke, I got this pedal. Now harmonist, baby. Dude, this should just be our theme song. It should be your version of changes. That's amazing. I can also just send you the um, a recording of that, and you can jam over it too. We can just do different parts. I could keep oh, that as the background, and I'll do like a, a section, then you'll do a section. We can go back and forth. But I'm down. We, can we mix? Can we do a mashup of Tupac changes and Thundercat them changes? Yes. So you'll do the them changes. Perfect. And that's actually exactly. It's already perfect. That's what we were going for. Is uh, let's just clash as much as possible and play yes. as much bass as it. So ready? One, two. Them changes and changes. That's how you wrap up a bass podcast. Oh, you even got the reverse boys cooking now? Yeah, and that was the whole episode of Love it. Bye, Karina. Hi, Karina. Well, right. 
we'll see you next time on Back to Basics. Thanks for touching base, all y'all out there. And Luke, I missed you, buddy. Let's do this again before uh, 2021. Sounds like a plan. All right. You were recording, right? Uh, you were. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> oh, but but we should have you always record to cloud. I meant to do that before. Uh, yeah, totally, totally forgot. Totally. I, I, I literally for I saw recording the whole time, so I know we're recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, Likely story, buddy. Let's hope.